This is for all you new people. I have one rule. Everybody fights. No one quits. If you don't do your job, I'll kill you myself. Welcome to the Roughnecks. And with that, I say welcome everyone to the newest volume of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. And I'm Mandy. And that silence, unfortunately, is Kelly will not be joining us today. She actually will not be joining us for the next three weeks, I think. She is out of commission today, and then the next two weeks she'll be traveling. So Tristan will be guest hosting Mighty Ducks 2 and The Sandlot. Those are our next those are our next big things. Uh, but I'm very, very happy to have Mandy here because as you've probably seen with all the promotion, we are talking about Starship Troopers from 1997. Mandy, what are your initial impressions? Because this, I believe, is your first time seeing the movie, correct? It is. It is my first time seeing this movie. Uh, initial impressions are, are mixed, I would say. <laughs> mixed, okay. You know, it has its moments. It has its campy moments that I enjoy. It has... You know, all sorts of gore and and violence randomly (laughs) throughout. It does. Um, I enjoy this movie as a satire. Right. Which is what it's intended to be. But I can see a lot of people watching this movie and not realizing that's what it is. Especially in 1997 when the movie came out. Right. Yes, people did not understand (laughs) this was a satire. I remember seeing this very, very young, much under the 17... Uh, R rating because I believe my dad took me to see it and I remember him mentioning at the end of the film that there was a lot of Nazi related things that I probably didn't understand yeah and then he told me them and then of course you know that brought my fascination with Nazis no (laughs) (laughs) what a great yeah I hope not what a great way to start a podcast Right. right no but there are a lot of references to Nazis they 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 mention it's more of the Dutch. Uh, yeah. I don't know. When you look at that stuff, it still looks pretty Nazi the way things. I mean, they're in Buenos Aires and it's all blonde haired, blue eyed white people. Right. And that's a specific reference to after, I believe, what was it, World War II, mm-hmm. when a lot of Germans fled Germany and went to South America. Right. So it kind of, you know, it kind of points that way already. Right. But what's really interesting as well, and what's a very nice treat again uh, for this episode, is Mandy also read the book. I did. Now, what gave you the title? <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> well, I had been told by a couple people that they enjoyed the book, and I had read a couple other Heinlein books, uh, Stranger in a Strange Land oh, sure. specifically is a great book. So I knew we were going to do the podcast. So I was like, eh, might as well. Uh, so Friday night into Saturday, I read I read Starship Troopers. How long is it? 400 pages. Five oh, not know. terrible. Not, not terrible. too bad. But you made it through. So that's great. So now <laughs> you'll be able to go ahead and bring just similar to the way I've done with Fifth Wave and Cell. Mm-hmm. We'll be able to talk about the difference. Now, I did not read the book. As everyone probably knows, I've just seen the movie probably like 50 to 70. So like the way that you watch Independence Day is the way I watch Starship Troopers because it was just always on in the background somewhere or something like that. So I find the movie to be very funny. It's very campy. It is a satire. I never took this as people know who listen to the podcast. I'm not an action movie person. I'm not a war movie person. I'm not any of that kind of stuff. But this movie, because of the propaganda films, Mm -hmm. because of the 
it seems like it's on purpose bad acting like a bad dialogue. I would hope. I, I would hope it's be. on purpose. Yeah, it, it has to be. I think I think the director of Verhoeven did this on purpose. Yeah. Uh, I think he's he's talked in articles about it before that he just did not like the book and they had bought the rights to it. It was originally I have it here. It was originally supposed to be called Bug Hunt at Outpost 9. Right. Well, they originally made a script for a movie called Bug Hunt at Outpost 9. <laughs> Which is a great title, by the way. Exactly. And then they realized, hey, this is kind of similar to this book. Let's see if we can get the rights to the book and then try and shove the two together into this weird amalgamation yeah, right, yeah, yeah. of the two things. And um, for someone who's read the book and then watched the movie... There are a lot of things where you're like, wait a second, this is not this is not how this happened. Like, this really makes no sense. Tell me one of the biggest differences off the bat. Dizzy Flores is a dude in the book. <laughs> so let's just throw that one right out there. When, when Mandy originally told me that, I thought she was talking about in the movie. <laughs> and I was like, wow, <laughs> this movie is ahead of its time. <laughs> I had no idea. That would have been pretty impressive. That, that would, would have been yes. impressive. I think uh, I think Casper Van Dien would have been a little bit shocked mm-hmm. in that uh, little camping scene <laughs> or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> but no. yes, yeah, so that's okay. That's interesting. So yeah, we're going to have plenty to talk about. I think the big thing to mention off the bat, and I think Mandy actually brought it up a little bit. This is probably one of the most misunderstood movies of the generation what's interesting about this too was it was actually nominated for an oscar in 1998 for the visual effects and that's one of the things i've always kind of latched onto with this one is out of all the cgi like you can still see movies today Mm -hmm. where they just don't get the cgi right i thought it was excellent in this movie and it was almost 20 years ago well especially for that time period this probably would have been unbelievably impressive now obviously now, for us looking, I mean, for me watching it for the first time now, I can sort of tell like, OK, that's kind of that's kind of bad. Yeah, there were times. But what I liked about it was it was almost like when they seemed to like if there was a wide shot and it looked mm-hmm. too much like if a arachnid had a person like with the tentacles and it's swinging it around, they moved into a close shot so that way it didn't look bad anymore and then they zoomed out but i thought the way they did the arachnid creatures was really well done no i i would agree with that yeah so at least we had that i thought cgi wise i'd say it holds up i think story wise it holds up the whole first part is very uh varsity blues ish yeah you know i don't want your life (laughs) 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 <laughs> he wants him to go to a certain college. He wants him to do whatever. I have not seen Casper Van Dien in anything, I don't think, after no, this. No, no. Although he did make an appearance, I believe, in Starship Troopers 3. 3, yes. There are there are four, there are I four. think, total. Yes, I, four. I couldn't do any of them. But no. I, that's the thing, is I was just happy with this movie. I didn't need anything else because I knew they weren't going to... What is there to finish? Are they gonna are they gonna end the bug war? Like that wasn't the point of the movie in the first place. Right. It wasn't like, yay, humans, like we're the best. It was more of, hey, humans, this is what you do on a nationalist scale and you probably shouldn't be doing things like this. Right. So that was never a thing that I had to continue. And apparently that's what they continue doing, is just going after the bugs. So where yeah. the point of the movie go? I mean, I think for each of the sequels, it was more like character development on this backdrop, but they never actually 
end the war at all. No, they, they don't. No, it just keeps going. So before we get into completely everything, let's at least read off the initial stuff that we normally do. It has a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a, uh, sorry, I almost said 93, a 63% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes yep. and a 51% on Metacritic. I think it's a little low. I think if critics had a chance right now to redo their review, mm-hmm. I think it would be higher on that list. That's yep. just my personal opinion on it. But I still think that this is a good movie overall. Well, and again, I think that's indicative of the fact that some people realize this movie is a satire and some people don't. So I think when it came out, it was very mixed reviews. Some people loved it. Some people hated it because some people thought it was just like a gore fest for like teenage boys where they want to see <laughs> boobs and violence. Which is why I went. Right. <laughs> that is initially why I went. So they were like, this is a terrible, pointless movie. And other people were like, oh, this is a satire. This is has a point to make and rated it much more highly. Right. And I would mention, too, that they got a lot of the science stuff right. A lot of the science fiction stuff that in 1997 wasn't fully developed, like they have basically like the beginning of an iPad or a tablet. They also have Skype calls in the in the <laughs> yep. movie. They have the ability to uh, dump someone over what basically ends up being a video text message. <laughs> FaceTime dump. Yeah, FaceTime dump. <laughs> So they get all this stuff. You know, they had the stylus pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bunch of that kind of thing. That was pretty interesting because they also had the way they do the propaganda films is like the way the Internet ended up being set up. Because in 1997, the Internet wasn't like that. It was all AOL connections, right? If I'm not mistaken, I think. I don't know. If I can remember that far back, I don't know. I'm trying to remember. I know I was there kind of at the beginning. I don't know. I was very, very young. So I'm trying to think. But yeah, I think it was similar. It ends up being similar now to what it is in the movie. But before, I think it was that AOL thing, which is completely different than what they had. So they were ahead of their time with a lot of that, which was pretty impressive. I like it when a movie is able to predict that stuff a little bit more. But yeah, there's still tons of things that are very strange in the movie. Parts that make no sense. Yep. That's for sure. But most of the time, the plot does follow a typical war movie. Yes, I would I would agree with that. So, Except for the fact that at the end they don't really win. They just say like now we can win. Yes, maybe. Right, right, right. And I think that's also a statement based on typical war issues as well is that right. I mean, when's the last time the country has won a war? Like it doesn't, you know what I mean? It just yeah. you win battles and you lose battles and then things either fizzle out or they just continue indefinitely. Yeah indefinitely i think i said indefinitely <laughs> indefinitely so, either one it's been a long week already yeah. what, what can you do but yes yeah, so now how did these we'll do spoiler alert for the book how did the yeah. book end in a very similar fashion okay all right um in terms of them just going back to fight the next battle and they don't have sort of the plot twist of the thing at the end where they get the secret that's going to save the oh, war. That's the brain gonna, bug? The brain bug. Yeah. Like, they have brain bugs, but there's not a, like, scene. Well, they're kind of, you know, that's yeah. that hard. Uh, no, it's okay to talk about it now. I, I don't think, I wonder in the sequels what they learned from the brain bug because they certainly didn't end the war. Yeah. The whole point at the end of the movie is you see another propaganda film where you see Johnny Rico all gung-ho and right. more people going to their death, most likely, mm-hmm. and the promotion of like one other person, yeah. and then that's it. But I, I was very impressed, and I think they were probably the most fun 
in the movies besides Jake Busey's character Ace which we'll talk about later yeah but in most cases the funniest parts of the movie were the propaganda films right uh, because they do like in this society every uh, execution is televised and all the channels have to have it they talk a lot of times about giving kids weapons and they have them play around and the uh, the guys the soldiers or troopers are like ah this is really funny like ah little kids like they're at one point when the bugs attack uh little kids one of their civic duties is people are putting regular bugs on the ground and they're stomping the shit out of them and everyone's being happy like oh this is so patriotic that's (laughs) that's great stuff you know that's very well done especially for 1997 yeah and i think that's if this came out now I think it would still be good, but to do it so long ago, because it is almost 20 years since right. this came out. So to have that foresight, right. I think is pretty good. I, w- I would agree with that. I would agree. Should we should we start with some of the characters then? Yeah, we can, we can jump right in. The only other thing I'd say about technology-wise, which is probably the m- other most frustrating thing from book to movie, is that in the book... The whole thing is that they have these awesome mechanized suits. Oh, okay. That they wear, that like the Gundam troopers wing? wear, okay, like right. like Halo style. I don't know how else oh, to describe okay. it. Like they have giant mechanized suits that they use to fight the bugs and protect them from radiation and all the other sorts of like really oh, useful okay. things. And I was really bummed that they did not have it in the movie i'm sure that was based on not being able to do the cgi properly oh absolutely that was totally based on not being able to have effects but if this movie were made nowadays like yeah absolutely they would they would be including those so and that would make that would make a little bit more sense too because these bugs were so crazy tough they are just unloading ammo into these things and they mentioned they have a propaganda movie where doogie hauser and that's just what i'm going to call him (laughs) this is like his first movie or whatever doogie hauser shoots the leg off of one and he's like well now it's still 86 percent combat effective go for the nerve stem so he shoots where the nerve stem would be and it goes down but no one in the field seems to be able to ever hit the nerve stem they're pumping hundreds of rounds of ammo and really what's funny is in the movie I think it only comes up like once that someone runs out of ammo. <laughs> so I have no yep. idea where all the ammo is coming from. But they are Technology. just... Technology. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I mean, they're big guns. They are True. big guns so they can hold more, I guess. Right. But that was also kind of interesting was they didn't make it plasma, which probably means CGI as well. Because right. I'm sure in order to just bypass that, they would have made like beams of light. Right. But that was probably more difficult and more money than using just the flash of light right. that a bullet does. Well, I think they get that in the sequel, I think. Oh, do they really? They get laser oh, okay. guns or something. Oh, yeah. well, at the end. <laughs> at the end, when they have the upgraded propaganda weapons, they do right. kind of get... So maybe that's what they learn from the brain bugs. Maybe. But that doesn't make a whole lot of sense does either. does make sense. I don't know. I guess those big those big creatures with the that do the um, butt bombs that... <laughs> shoot up into the sky maybe they learn that i don't know maybe that's the only I, I don't know trying to put it together i mean starship troopers answers a lot of questions but maybe not all of them. no <laughs> but it's also they're constantly setting off nukes like it's no a big lot deal. of times a yeah. lot of nukes and then they just stand there clearly in the blast radius like yep. and they're totally fine nobody ever brings up anything about radiation poisoning or well, let's not forget in your second favorite movie of all time independence day resurgence that they also have nukes that no one seems to care about if they just let it go. By the way, I was seriously hoping, I, I was hoping beyond hope that you were going to walk in today for the show and just be like, Ian, 
thank you so much for recommending my new favorite movie of all time. Like this is I, no, you not gonna happen. You you can't trade the arachnids for Casper Van Dien for Jeff Goldblum. It doesn't. Come on, Jake no. Busey. No, no. Uh, I mean, I think it's also a Denise timing. Richards? It's a timing factor, uh, right? True. Like if I could go back in time and watch this twenty <laughs> years ago and then rewatch it for the next twenty years over and over again, then like maybe, I did, yes, like you did, then maybe I would have the same feeling. <laughs> I think I still have action figures in their boxes. Do you really? Yes. Oh my god, they're probably worth tens of cents. <laughs> <laughs> and I deprive myself of playing with my Nazi propaganda. <laughs> they did a good job with the arachnids and stuff, but I just I couldn't take them out of the packages. You just you're not supposed to do it. It's no fun. What I'd also like to mention, I I do my research as Mandy has done as well, reading the book herself. I went and I remembered specifically coming out of the movie, going, and I'm pretty sure most heterosexual men probably said the same thing. Why didn't Denise Richards get naked? <laughs> that is what we wanted in the film. Why did she not? And I go, hmm, when did Wild Things come out? And I looked it up. It is literally her next movie. Uh... It came out in 1998, <laughs> so we didn't have to wait long. She obviously got, <laughs> she got she got naked with Nev Campbell. Now, unfortunately, Nev Campbell did not get naked in that movie. True. But she did get naked in Wild Things, so we got to see that. So... Everything was okay in the world for a while. <laughs> I mean, look, I liked uh, I liked Dizzy. Like, mm-hmm. I was happy she got naked a couple times. But everyone in that theater and probably all over wanted Denise Richards to get naked. Probably. It just didn't happen, but it's okay because it happens later. Fun fact. Fun fact <laughs> fun for everybody. Fact of the day. <laughs> and I have another fun fact. One that actually ties in with that as well. So I forget the name of the actress. One second. Let me look it up. Okay. So Dina Meyer. Yeah. Plays she's dizzy. She's now she's dizzy. been in tons and tons of random stuff. She was in Saw. Like I'm not sure she's a an amazing actress, uh, but she's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. I know she wasn't great in Saw because I saw I saw that. That was that Who was. Who was she tough. in Saw? She was like one of the police commissioner oh. ladies. She was okay. like, Don't go over there, guy, <laughs> and he was like, oh, I need to find this killer and blah blah blah. Okay. Yeah, that was that was great acting. <laughs> that, that was, was probably that was the same acting I think she put into yeah. the rest of the stuff she was in. But that was she, Starship Troopers level acting. Yeah, they, <laughs> <laughs> if I could only at one point in my life be compared to Casper Van Dien. <laughs> if I'm Johnny Rico at some point, I am completely fine with that. So the the very interesting thing I thought anyways was that so not only was she in the movie obviously with Denise Richards and they had kind of a rivalry. Yeah. Well I just mentioned that Denise Richards was in Wild Things, as many people remember that's a pivotal role for her. Dizzy was also in Wild Things. Was she? Not the original. She was in the <laughs> two thousand and five third or fourth <laughs> sequel. <laughs> and it's called Wild Things Diamonds in the Rough. All right, it's the second sequel, so the third movie. Oh, my gosh. Yes, so there is... Now, that's not a tie-in, and I don't know if anyone's ever brought that up before, but yes, that is another connection that Dizzy and Ibanez, that's what I'm going to start calling her for the rest of the time, uh, had in common. Happy to share that with everybody. (laughs) We can tell who won out of that that rivalry. I think we need to do all the wild things for (laughs) Ian Hates movies. You just want to watch more boobs, Ian. Yes. Yes, I do. (laughs) <laughs> I think everyone listening to Ian Hates Movies wins in that situation. I don't know. I don't know if I can describe boobs as well as I'd like to be able to. Mm-hmm. It's like touching bags of sand. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw some of that movie over the weekend, so I couldn't help oh it. I gosh. couldn't help but quote it. Awesome. All right. 
Manny, do me a favor because I'm going to take a drink. Will you please let the people know the starting of the movie, the beginning? Well, the propaganda is the start of it. So we get introduced to this world. It's supposed to be the world in the future. And we have now space travel. And we have gone out and started colonizing. Eventually, we come into contact with this race of bugs that live on this planet called Clendathu. Yep. Clendathu. Yep. Well done. Which is completely on the other side of the galaxy, which, by the way, makes zero to no (laughs) sense that they would be able to get there in any sort of speed. But let's just ignore that. Yeah. Well, they have warp. And they even even say warp. I know. They say warp multiple times. (laughs) Clearly, they've seen Star Trek. Yes. But even still, and by the way, I did look this up. I do research. Even at Warp 9 in the Star Trek universe, it said they would not be able to get to Clendathu Clendathu (laughs) in less than like 63 years. Wow. All right. That is some great research, by the way. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, they get there in like seconds. Yeah. And it's all great. And they're huge ass, I don't know, five or six times the length. Huge ships. Yeah. The Enterprise doesn't even, like, they could have four or five of them in them. Yeah. For sure. So, okay. That is very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's a second. So, the science doesn't really add up. But, so, basically, we started colonizing and these bugs got threatened and now they're hurling asteroids at our Now, hold on a second, Mandy. Are you telling me right now you're on the bug side? (laughs) I'm just saying in the satire (laughs) world of this movie, it's important to note that we are the initial aggressors in this. Yeah, and they try to bowl over that kind of and be like, no, that's not really how it happened. But yeah, that is. That's that's, totally how it happened. Once again, a very good political point on their their point. A political point on their point. I don't think (laughs) I said that right. That is good on their part, though, because that happens very many times in our society. Right. And did for a long time. So it's, you know, mocking us in a way. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Clendathu, they had a great little uh, graphic where our planet is far to the left and Clendathu is far, far to the right. And there's just all these asteroids. <laughs> and I was like, okay, all right, now I know where it is. It's right there. That makes total sense. But Absolutely. Yeah, but like Mandy said, they are throwing. Now, they mentioned the science teacher at one point mentions that they are throwing their spores into space to colonize so she it seems like she is i don't know spinning it in a way to make them sound bad but it also it more seems that they are throwing these things to hurt us or keep us away from them right i don't know if that's true because she seems to be the only one telling the truth about the bugs in the first place in the small scene of the science room that we see right so I'm not exactly sure. I could be off base on that one. But yeah, there's a weird scene in the science room where they're dissecting these huge bugs. Right. And Johnny Rico, who is the lead main character, Casper Van Dien in the movie, he goes ahead and he's just like, you know, Denise Richards, Ibanez is right by him and she's mm-hmm. getting sick. Dizzy's laughing at her and Ibanez getting sick and he says, oh, don't worry, it's just a bug. And the teacher goes off for like five minutes. The bugs are actually better equipped than we are as humans to be doing a lot of different things that they have like a hive mind once again this is really weird we're doing a lot of movies with hive minds (laughs) and then this is this is very strange but yeah so another it's a a typical sci-fi device right because they want to make it dehumanized in a way right it makes it easier to show all the like violence and gore is to say like oh it's just a hive mind these are just worker bees these are just like so it doesn't matter if we slaughter hundreds of thousands of millions of them because they like can't think for themselves right 
And yet they slaughter a ton of us. They do. <laughs> they <laughs> really do. do. During one of the propaganda films that I thought was really a smart little tidbit was they mentioned that uh, Mormon extremists had gone out and made a little... Uh, like a little outpost in like Clandathu or one of the ones or whatever, outpost Joseph Smith or something like that. And they yep. just showed them all slaughtered. <laughs> but what I loved was they said, they said Mormon extremists, because of course, especially in a militarization mm -hmm. type world, any religion would be considered extremist. Right. So it made total sense. And then they never talk about it again. Like you hear Johnny Rico say, oh, God, a couple of times. But yeah. other than that, religion is never brought up in nope. the entire movie, which is pretty interesting. Because I think that would be maybe the only difference in real life is that with the military, I think it would still be based in religion. Yeah. Very similar to the way a lot of it is now where, you know, there's prayer. There's a lot of things that go on where in this movie they just don't touch on it at well, all. Well, they do. Oh, sorry. I'm actually... Was oh, trying, I was about book? to make a book reference. Do it. So in the in the book, religion is not a huge thing, but they do have like before they go into battle, before they make a drop, they have a chaplain there. So they oh. do like a few minutes of like prayer before they jump. And they don't do that in this movie. They don't not no. do that in this They're, movie. The only thing they do in this movie is you know, hey, your training is going to keep you alive and don't be a pussy. Right. <laughs> like, right. That's their whole thing. <laughs> that's their religion. That yeah, that, their religion is killing bugs. Yeah. Like, that's the whole thing, you know. Pretty much. Only, what was the line again that you wanted to say? Oh, the only good bug is a dead bug? Yep. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> they have a, a uh, that's in one of the propaganda videos. Yes. It's just this dude being like, the only good bug is a dead bug. Awesome. And it's so <laughs> clearly bad acting. Like, oh, it's so great. I, I loved, I think one of my favorite scenes was when the reporter was going, quote unquote, backstage where all the infantry is getting ready and mobilized. And yep. he's like, here, this looks like a bunch of uh, recruits that could eat some bugs for lunch. And Dizzy goes up and goes, yum, yum, yum. <laughs> I was just like... <laughs> Oh, fuck, it's hilarious. Oh, uh, so good. It's great. Yes. The whole point of this movie is you you have to be laughing at it. Yeah. Like, if you think this is serious and you think it's, wow, this is going to make me want to join the military, there's something wrong. There is yeah. a disconnect somewhere <laughs> where you didn't understand that that's, at least in this movie, and I know there are people that join the military and it's great to serve and do all that kind of stuff, but this is not the movie to make you want to do that. Right. Like, that you can get that from your feelings. You can get that from being, like, it seems like, Especially in this movie, too, there has to be something inside of you that makes you want to put your life on the line for right. that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, in this movie, they're saying, you know, basically people are being brainwashed. What you're hoping is that it's not happening in real life right. with people. But it's hard, you know, it's a movie and, you know, there's different things. But what they do, what they make sure to show in the movie as well is there are people that use reverse psychology a little bit, too, which I think is uh, Radchek. I think he uses that. What's he like in the book? So Radjack in the movie is a combination of two characters in the book. Uh, one is the professor and one is the leader of the group. So they're not the same character. Okay. Um, but one of the things that having read the book, I understand more about their whole recruitment process that they don't really get into in the movie is what they do talk about in the movie is basically you need to have military service. You need to have federal service for two, at least two years to become a citizen. Right. 
and you have to be a citizen in order to be a politician, in order to vote, in order they, to do all of these. They things. go through that in the nude shower scene. Yes, <laughs> which is a great place for exposition. Yeah, right it really, it really is. Uh, yeah, they say, and one of the other things is also in order to have babies. In order to have children and stuff, you have to get a license. And it's easier to get a license if you've done your federal right. service. So there's all sorts of benefits to it. But in the book, they go into a lot talking about they don't want you to do it if you're not really committed. So they sure. try and put in all of these things that make it really easy for you to back out of it. Oh, okay. So like the recruitment station, they are discouraging you when you go to boot camp, they're making it hard. And also they say like, you can leave whenever you want. It's right. not like we're not going to punish you. You can say you're done and you can leave. Yep. So they really are wanting to weed out the everyone. The weak, the, the quote weak, unquote weak. The quote yeah, unquote sure. weak. So they have this elite fighting force that seems to make sense to me and i think they did justify that in the movie pretty well because even in the main scenes of the of the boot camp they say hey if you can't take it at any time go right down to washout lane they make it seem like okay of course you're you're right. a fucking loser if you do it <laughs> but that's it there's no other ramifications for right. that you just you're just out right. which is different in different movies especially when you you know some of them don't want you to leave they won't let you and they really are extremely hard on them in that boot camp i mean the first scene and by the way zim who's their corporal or whatever i i always get all the rankings <laughs> wrong the drill instructor sergeant. zim yeah sergeant. drill instructor sergeant <laughs> He's Sergeant Zim. Okay, Sergeant Zim. <laughs> Sergeant Zim, the character guy, the actual guy who plays him, I remember him from Pet Cemetery 2. He is a great character actor, and in this movie, he's just like fucking shit up. Like that's what he does. He yeah. threatens he threatens everyone at the beginning and starts hitting them with a steel rod. Yep. And then invites someone to try and fight him and take him down. And the first thing he does is flip this huge galoot guy over who's like a country he's he's from the farm planet yeah flips him over and breaks his arm and then yells for the medic <laughs> and that's it yep so yeah they they do a lot of that so i'm glad there's similarities between the book and the movie at least but it's and we can get to this when we talk about the boot camp but in the book it is a thousand times worse okay than it is in the movie I could see that. Like in the movie, it looks like it's a little day camp where they yell at you, right? Like <laughs> sure. in the in the in the book, it's like you march fifty miles and then you have to sleep and then you have to go back and march fifty miles more. Like it's, it's really much more intense because they're really breaking you down, right? So it's more like Full Metal Jacket, correct? Like that. Okay, all right. right, yeah. This one was a comedic Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> But I guess in the book, it's more similar to that right. kind of thing. It's okay, very right. psychological. Yeah. They're trying to break you. Very much so. They That's want right. you to give up. Yeah, give your will to them, basically, so they can mold you into someone who's not going to question orders and exactly. go ahead and do it. And that's the thing. Really, in this movie, they don't question orders whatsoever. No. Like, there is never anything of that nature whatsoever. So, all right, let's 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 go all the way back. <laughs> Obviously, hey, even without Kelly here, we're still going to bounce around. That's just the way it is. Uh, but they do start, I thought, one of the funniest parts. So they start a year ahead, and they show this horrific scene of Johnny Rico, who you don't know yet, obviously, but he's being attacked. They're on a planet, yep. and a interviewer, a reporter, gets, like, bitten half by an arachnid, and then Johnny Rico gets a... Uh, arachnid foot through his leg i guess is how you would say it what, yeah i guess yeah what would you call him i mean 
legs. They're not claws. They're, yeah, so they're legs. Yeah, they're bug so he, legs. Yeah, bug legs. So he gets a huge <laughs> bug leg through his leg, uh, and it looks like he's gonna die. And then yep. they say one year earlier, they go back, and now they're in Radcheck, Mister Radcheck's classroom. Yep. And the first thing they talk about is how now Radcheck is missing half of his arm. Yeah. So that's that's one of the first things. And then what they're talking about in the classroom is federal service and going what the difference between a citizen and a civilian are. Right. And they talk about how they read throughout this whole year failure of democracy and then how the veterans came in and took over everything. <laughs> and now everything's great. Militarism, militarism, yep. militarism, fascism. <laughs> like that's what they're pushing. Right. And that's what they're they're satirizing in right. the movie. Right. You have to basically you have to earn the right to get to decide the way the country is going to run. Like you basically have to have service in order to, in theory, right, like know the value of power and be able to wield it, you know, correctly. Exactly. And they also bring up, you know, one one girl in the class is like, well, my mom says that violence. Yeah. It's not dizzy. It is dizzy. Yeah, Dizzy says, my mom says violence, violence never solves, solves anything. anything. Yeah. And he's like, shut your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Violence yeah. solves everything. Yeah, what he says, I think he says, and he goes over to Ibanez and he goes, what would uh, what would the founding fathers of Hiroshima say? And she goes, they probably wouldn't say anything because they're all dead. <laughs> and he's like, yep, that's what happens. So violence solves a lot. Right. Uh, which is, uh, you know, pretty funny for the movie. Uh, so, yeah, you get a lot of dynamics in this first scene. You see what Radchek's supposed to be. You right. see that they've been, I wouldn't call it brainwashed, but they're starting it very early in high school, talking about these kind of things and really setting the stage for federal service is something that you work hard for, but it's the highest achievement you can get in society. Right. And then you've got to play between Rico, Johnny Rico, and Ibanez. You can tell they're either dating or he's just got a thing for her because she's kind of being a tease. And yep. then you see Dizzy, who is mocking Rico, but the way she looks at him, she just wants to jump on him. Basically, like, this the entire whole movie. <laughs> And I feel so bad for her. I'm like, ah, damn it, Dizzy. Yeah. If, if I was there, I, I'd be all over that. But no, sorry. She's totally in the friend zone. Like, yes. She's she friend zoned like crazy. She's so friend zoned <laughs> that she basically says to him multiple times, I want to fuck you. And he just is like, eh, uh. I want Carmen Abenez. <laughs> sorry. I want Denise Richards. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> and I understand. Like, I understand. But he could have both. That's the thing. Johnny Rico, you could have both. How do you not know that? Uh, but what they do play up is, so they make out him and Ibanez. So they are right. dating. Yes. But she is a super tease. And apparently at this moment in this movie, they have not had sex. Yeah, because... Is that mentioned specifically? It is mentioned specifically because what happens is, after they have their first class and they're talking about shit, they go out to the common... And Ibanez goes, hey, or Carmen goes, hey, I need to check my math scores. So she goes over to this big board, puts her name, and she got a 97% on her math score. So she's right. not dumb. She's going to be a pilot. She's, right. she's pretty smart. Rico goes over and checks his. It's like a 35%. Yep. And Doogie Hauser comes over. And I, I keep on calling him Doogie Hauser, <laughs> but what's his actual name? Neil Patrick yes. Harris. Neil Patrick Harris comes over, and he's like the genius. Yep. And he puts it, he like programs it so that everyone can see that Rico got a 35%. 
and everyone laughs and Rico's like ah I'm also like captain of the football team and I'm rich and blonde hair and probably blue eyes and she's like what do I really care uh but he wants to follow Carmen wherever she goes but Doogie Howser goes or Carl hey man so I can see you want it and he's like but she's not giving it to you it's something like that and he goes I'm in no rush that's what he says. And okay. you know he's in a rush. Yeah. You know, Cuz he's a teenage male. Yeah, and every guy seems to hit on Carmen no right. matter what. But then that's also the point where Dizzy obviously who needs to be within like 5 feet of him <laughs> at all times is like looking over and like joking around with their girlfriends and Doogie's like, "Well, you know she wants it." Right. And he's like, "Oh, can you read her mind?" And he goes, Everybody can. <laughs> There's no, and I mean, we watching the movie for a minute, right? Knows that she wants him, right? Like it's it's not hard, but he's like, I want Carmen. That's that whole. That's where I got that. They okay. Have, yeah, no, yeah. no, I can. I, I think must it, have missed it. I think it happens later. Yes, we don't it does. see it. Yeah, we don't it, see it, but it's heavily implied. It's prom night. I mean, <laughs> and her father's not home. Yes, yes. Which is yeah, we never see her parents ever. Anyways, but yeah, her father happens to not be home. They do that. They do the scene like I talked about with the science room. Right. And in that one, Carmen, you know, throws up because Rico's just like putting his hand like wrist deep, like actually elbow deep into these this bug and just tossing guts to her. Yep. She throws up and then And they actually show her throwing up. Like I I thought they would sort of put her head behind a table and make (laughs) noises. No, they actually showed her visibly throwing up. Throwing up into the bug. Into the bug. Yeah. But yeah, just Hey, I mean that definitely wasn't there is one scene in this movie that is still ranks up in the top ten grossest moments of any movie for me probably. Really? Yeah, well, that's way towards... Right. You can probably guess, I think. No, but... You'll, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. It was not when Dizzy takes off her shirt or anything. <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Uh, they also had this really cool version of football, which really I Really cool version? Oh, I, I, look, I don't like football. I don't care. And when I say football, I'm not talking soccer. I love football if we're talking right. the soccer version, uh, not American football. This version is a cross between rugby and arena football where they basically take out all the timeouts, it seems, and they shrink the court or yep. whatever, and they basically barely have any pads on, and they are just smacking each other around. Right. And it's quick scoring, and that, to me, is interesting. It's a whole scene where this is where you meet one of the, I guess you got to call him a bad guy, but he's on... He's the romantic the- rival. Xander. Xander. What the, a name. The only good Xander is from <laughs> Buffy, by the way. So this is the bad Xander. Yeah. So yes. Johnny Rico makes him look like a fucking tool because yep. Johnny Rico's running down with the ball. He dives. Johnny Rico does this awesome flip like right over him. But when he lands in the crowd, it's right by Denise Richards. It's right, right. by Carmen. And she's just all flirting up. I don't know where that came from. She's got Johnny Rico. What is she doing? But this guy looks like he's older than all of them. Right. This guy's clearly in high school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 90210. (laughs) It was very weird because he says, hey, I'm going to the Fleet Academy tomorrow. I'm going to be a pilot. Yeah. And she's like, oh, that's where I want to go. But how did he already, because we meet him later on and he's like her supervisor or whatever, like second in command. How did that happen if he was in high school playing football? I don't know. He signed up like a week before then. I guess that's all it takes. That gets you up higher. (laughs) I guess. So now obviously Rico's pissed. By the way, and we'll get to this as well. The rules of the military here absolutely make no sense. 
how you get promoted yes. and all of that <laughs> is so sure. ridiculous. So I'm not surprised this guy got to be ahead oh, of yeah. her in a week. No doubt about that. Yeah, no we doubt. will we will certainly talk about that. <laughs> so now Rico and him have it because Rico's super jealous. Right. And you, you notice that later on as well. He's always jealous, never confident in himself for some reason. So this guy, Xander, then makes him look like a fool because he's paying attention to Carmen. And yep. then Dizzy is the quarterback. So she has to slap him in shape. And they make this play that they end up using later. And Johnny Rico does his awesome like flip move. And yep. he gets the ball. Dizzy throws it to him. He runs and he scores the winning touchdown with Xander trying to pull him back. But what was funny was all Rico did was like look at him <laughs> and then kiss Carmen. Yep. But Carmen was looking at Xander before she kissed Rico. So there was still a little bit of tension. But I was surprised he didn't say anything to him like, hey, fuck you. Like, <laughs> look what I did. I just won the game and I got the girl. <laughs> But Xander just, like, pushes way off and he's yeah. gone for a little bit. So that was the main thing. He'll then, be back. Yeah. Oh, he, he's definitely going to be back. <laughs> that's for sure. I think he ends up winning Carmen later on, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but then other things happen. Well, so, yes, yes. you know. There are there are many things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people enjoy this when we're going through. Like, I wonder if there are people who have never watched Starship Troopers. They're like, this movie sounds awesome. Like, this is... <laughs> It's an experience, I will say that. I hope they're just picturing Denise Richards naked from Wild Things in all scenes of the movie. Yeah. That's well, that would not I... be accurate, though. Oh, seems kind of accurate to me because I was kind of doing that <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, so now uh, Johnny Rico has to get ready for the prom. Right. So his team won, and we never hear about that again. Like, no. we don't know, like, was that a good thing that they won? Did they get to go to the... I guess not. Uh, no finals, know. no follow-up. He also at one point goes to uh, Neil Patrick Harris's house. Oh, yes. That's where that's where they go ahead. And basically, Neil Patrick Harris is psychic. Right. So they've introduced this concept that I guess some people in this current world, world yeah. have psychic abilities. Did they go into that more in the book? No, that oh. is not in the book at all. Interesting. Okay. that was <laughs> That's a weird thing to add in. All right. Well, it's not even brought up tons of times but it's brought up once in a propaganda film right and, and then, then at the end yeah and neil patrick harris is basically he's got johnny rico in a seat and he's trying to make he's trying to basically implant the thought of the card that he's chosen into johnny's head so that johnny will guess it correctly right. and he never guesses it correctly. and he makes a joke like statistically you should have already just like by accident guessed it but it didn't happen and there's a whole thing with his little weasel Cyrano <laughs> that he implants a thought into Cyrano's head to go get a grub that's on his mother's leg <laughs> and that's pretty funny the weasel goes up and or ferret whatever it happens to be I mean it's just amusing to watch Neil Patrick Harris talk to a ferret if you yes, were really mi is. if you were missing that in your life you should watch this movie and I was <laughs> that's that's why I've watched it many times <laughs> go Bug mom, Cyrano. <laughs> so he makes mention of the whole psychic thing because foreshadowing. Uh, Johnny Rico goes, I hope you never do that to me because that'd be scary. And he goes, no, no, no. I can't do humans yet. yet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great acting again, of course, and dialogue. Oh, absolutely. Because so that's, that's not yeah. obvious foreshadowing or no, anything. Not at all. That's not clearly at all. not going to be important later. No. <laughs> <laughs> no way does that come up again. So now it's prom time. But before they get ready for prom, Johnny Rico's parents are, you know, he's at super rich. 
I mean, right. pretty much probably most people in the school are super rich, it seems. Like, even Dizzy. Like, they're all, they all seem to be rich. He now, apparently, somehow, even though he has a 35% math score, is already guaranteed Harvard for yeah. some reason. Uh, it must be, it's, I'm assuming because he's rich. Right. And probably his parents went to Harvard or something like that. So they're like, hey, this federal packet came for you. You're not thinking of going, are you? Like, you're not going to throw away your life. And he's like, I want to do federal service. Now, we all know, even knowing him for a little bit, he's just going because of Carmen. Right. There's nothing else. And Carmen is going to a place where she'll never see him. Right. Like, he, he's only going to get infantry. So what does it matter? But he's still like, oh, no, I'm, I'm going. But he won't tell his parents he's going for Carmen. But they're smart. They're like, don't go for a girl. Right. Like, this is you're throwing your life away. And he's like, it's only two years and I get to see the galaxy. And they're like, well, you can go to Zegama Beach. <laughs> and I'm like, damn it. I want to see what Zegama <laughs> Beach is. I want to go there. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Why are you going on vacation? Uh, so that's his I don't want your life varsity blues moment <laughs> yep. uh, with his father, which is great. Uh, and then they go to prom. And then in prom, you know, Dizzy wants to... That's when Dizzy's like, hey, I'll fuck you. Yeah, she's like, how come we never got together? And yeah. he's like, uh, bye. Yeah, he's like, friend zone. Bye, Felicia. Friend zone. <laughs> and then Xander shows up for some reason. Obviously, because why wouldn't he show up at another school's prom? Yeah, obviously. Exactly. And then Carmen's like, yeah, hey, I'm flirting with you because I flirt with everyone, apparently. And then when he leaves... She goes, oh, I guess I'll see you in the Fleet Academy, and then goes and makes out with Johnny Rico once he says he's jealous, because apparently that's all she wanted. But she's making out with him, and then she says, you know, my father's out, out of town. town. So yeah. that's when they, I'm assuming, have, you know, intercourse. <laughs> intercourse. Yes. Intercourse. Uh, so I'm trying to think, do they yeah. cut to the recruiting? Yeah. So now they have to do a pledge. And what I thought was interesting about the pledge, and it's very similar to military service now, I believe, is that they pledge two years. But if the military still needs you, they keep you. Right. And that's what it said. And that one's always the scary part. Because as you said, they're looking for career people. Right. They're looking for people that they can break down who will always be with them. So they're trying to weed people out because they most likely keep them no matter what. Probably right. no one does two years and then leaves. Right. They, they mention multiple times people that want to go career. I'm pretty sure most of them end up going right. career. Well, especially in the mobile infantry unit that that ultimately uh, Rico becomes a part of. Like, I think that more than anything, like people who go do two years of like research and development or whatever, yep. you know, aren't doing the actual fighting, don't go through that same process. Right. And so they may end it after two years and then leave. But anyone who's in mobile infantry has been totally brainwashed and broken down and like can't imagine doing anything else right. ever. Yeah. And that probably makes makes more sense because that's what they do. They go now and do their testing. Right. Denise Richards gets the fleet academy. She gets to be a pilot. Rico gets he gets infantry, yep. which is obvious. And then Doogie Hauser gets games and theory. Yeah. Do they call it something else in the book? So in the book, the character of Carl is different, slightly different than the movie. He is similarly Rico's best friend, but he goes into research and development. Okay. And then at he's very rarely mentioned again other than saying like they've been writing letters and then he gets killed. What? And that's... All right. That is completely different. That, like many years down the road, it's like, yeah, and Carl got killed. And it's like a footnote. Yeah. So Okay. Much, much different characters. So in this 
in the movie, they he's like, oh, I thought I was going to get research and development, but they put me into games and theory, which turns out to be kind of like an SS secret yeah, it's, intelligence. It's military intelligence. It's military yeah, intelligence. Which is big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For sure. And everyone knows it once he says it. They're like, oh, shit. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so then Carmen and Rico say goodbye to each other. And yep. They kiss and he says, I love you. And she just goes to leave. <laughs> and he's just like, come on. Try it on for size. And the way she says I love you is just like, uh, I love you. And, and then a kiss and then gone. I mean, this is such a hilarious, like, role reversal of the typical, like, woman being like, I love you. Say, tell me you love me. And the guy being like, no, I'm still, it's such a role reversal. It's amazing. See, so it's a, ahead of its time. It's ahead <laughs> no. of its time because that's what happens now. But... What's funny is they reverse reverse those roles later. Yes. With with Dizzy, with Dizzy. and Enrico. Yeah. So we'll get to that later. But that's the main thing you have to know is really Carmen and Rico probably aren't meant to be right together. But of course he wants her because she's super hot. Right. You know, there's can't fault him. Can't fault him for that. So now he goes into mobile infantry. That's where you meet Zim. And he's a badass and he's trying to get people to quit and they're very, very, very tough. Right. On everybody. Like, people are getting hurt, like I mentioned. And Dizzy ends up transferring on the first day into Rico's squad. Right. And Rico is very annoyed with and that. And kind of creeped out, understandably. Yeah, like, yeah she is stalking him. Right. <laughs> like, true. legitimately. And he's like, did you transfer here because of me? And she's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> she tries that strong, like... Er, no, why would you think that? I can do whatever I want. I'm dizzy. But yeah, that's... It's really obvious. Because originally, it seemed like her plan was not to go into federal service. It was to go play football for one of those teams. Because it's very briefly mentioned. Yeah. But he's like, are you going to play for so-and-so? And she's like, yeah, unless so-and-so gives me playing time. Otherwise, I start there. And then that was it. So he didn't expect her to be in federal service. Right. So she transfers in and then she takes on Zim. As soon as she's all badass and she did and she gets a few hits in. Mm-hmm. But then he fucking chokes her out with his fucking knee. <laughs> she has a huge bruise later yeah, on. Which I liked. I liked yeah. that they showed that right. that she was still hurt. But Rico was like kind of smirking when it happened. He was like, Good, that's what you get for stalking me. <laughs> I guess. Understandably, I get that. But then now they're getting Chow, and now the big Galoot guy, he has this cool packet. Thing on his broken hand or arm right. or whatever which means i guess since it's farther in the future like it heals much much quicker because he's just ready to go he's scooping things out with his yeah. hand so that's pretty awesome i like that i wish we had that kind of shit now then you meet one of my favorite characters <laughs> in the movie you meet ace and ace is jake Busey, and he has teeth galore <laughs> That mouth, that is a toothy grin. Well, he's the son of Gary Busey, so how could you expect any less? Exactly. But he is so great. He tries to cut in line. He's like, I'm going to be squad leader. And But when anyone stands up to him, he backs down like immediately. immediately. Yeah. And it's like, hey, ah, you rich kids are all right. Like, I could be pals with you. And then becomes a punching bag, basically, for the rest of the time. Right. Which is great. He's supposed to be like a bully, but he's only really a bully for like two seconds. Yeah. And yeah. then he's like, ah, we're cool. <laughs> and, those, yeah. and those are the best boys. <laughs> those are the best ones. You stand up to them. They're like, ah, we can be pals. Yep. <laughs> and now, hey, you passed my test. 
and now you can control me for the rest of the time, which basically happened. So I love him. He's boisterous and loud and blah, blah, blah. So he's pretty funny. Yep. Then I think they do. Do they do the drill with the laser tag? I think that's next, isn't it? Um. Well, first, you also have the shower scene. No, shower scene's after. Is it? I was pretty sure it was after. Because I thought you had to get to know. Okay, let's do the shower scene anyways. I'm fine with it. Yeah, no. Well, they showed them doing some weapons things and they show Gary Busey's son. Oh, yes. One of my favorite scenes. I can't <laughs> believe I forgot it. Yes, you're absolutely They're right. They're training with knives and, uh, you know, obviously Rico's a badass at it for oh, yeah. no reason. Yeah, because no. He's a rich kid <laughs> from rich kid. Buenos Aires who's never done anything. But right. Yes. Oh. But I guess he's great at throwing knives. Sure. Whatever. Um, and Ace is terrible at it. He like can't do anything. Yeah. Uh, so Zim comes over and basically is like, go stand over there. Put your hand on the wall. <laughs> Yeah, because Ace is complaining. Right. He's he's going, hey, you know, why would we need to do this when all I got to do is press a nuke button? Right. And then, then he's leaning up against the wall and then go ahead. And then Zim throws a knife yeah. right into his hand. Yeah, he says, put your hand on that wall, soldier. And you know Ace doesn't want to do it, but he's like, uh, I have to. Something bad's going to happen. And yeah, and then hits it square and just says, if you disable the enemy's hand, they can't hit a nuke button. And then yells for the medic. (laughs) So in the shower scene now, there's a a fun backstory to this. Apparently, especially in 1997, this was a relatively shocking scene. And Verhoeven had done before RoboCop as well as, uh, what's that movie with uh, Sharon Stone and she uncrosses her legs? Basic Instinct, right? Yeah. Yep. Since he, I believe, directed that as well. He did. Those were quote-unquote shocking scenes for the day. So this one, it was men and women showering together, and everyone was naked, obviously, because it's a shower. Right. But the backstory behind the scenes is that the actors didn't understand why. Why would we have to do this scene? So they go, well, we'll do it if you and the filmographer get naked as well. And he was like, I'm from a different country, and this guy's from a nudist colony. I don't care. Like, so they he directed naked, and they filmed <laughs> naked, and then they were all naked in the shower. So that's kind of fun. That's, yeah, that's That's a nice story there. But yeah, so you got to see a few pairs of boobs, yeah. which is nice. You saw a few guys' butts. You know, they're not going to show other stuff or it'd be NC-17, right. so they're not going to do that. Uh, but that's the first time you see Dizzy naked right and what they do is basically like you said the whole scene is to you know the one guy kitten who's going to be a interviewer or a reporter or a writer something like that a writer yeah writer he starts asking people you know why did you join up and you start getting to know people one wants to have babies the other wants to go into politics and then he asks rico and rico basically well he asks another guy who's poor and that guy goes well i got into harvard but i didn't have the money so the federation will pay for it and now rico's like oh i turned down a free ride to harvard basically he's all ashamed yeah so when they get to rico he's like well who made you boss i don't have to listen to you blah blah blah. yeah and then dizzy comes in gets naked and they're like, hey, you knew him. You know, why did he join up? And she's like, oh, it's for a lady. <laughs> and then everyone goes, woo, Rico, lover boy. <laughs> it's just a fun time to laugh at Rico. And yep. then Rico leaves. And that's where you see his ass. And everyone's like slapping it as he goes. You know, he looks at Diz and goes, you know, is it you? And she kind of just like gives this like knowing nod. Like maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Even she's though a it's psycho. not. Yeah, it's not. A total psycho. <laughs> but she's the best. Total stalker. And, you know. 
that's what but, stage five clinger yes yes exactly <laughs> but she's great she's yeah. she's great so then they have the scene where they're in the dorms and everyone's sleeping with there's no like men's dorms and women's dorms yeah everyone's sleeping together and they're all you know playing pranks on each other and that's when he sends off the first written thing which is really a skype video basically right they sends her on a disc and they show her watching it Right. He's basically saying that he loves her and this is his bunk and, you know, all that kind of bullshit. Right. So then they cut to her and now you see Carmen on the fleet and you see Amy Smart, who's in the movie for <laughs> like know. two minutes doing absolutely nothing. No. Nope. But they race. They race to one of the jets that goes out to the main ships or whatever, yep. the main fleet. Uh, and when the two guys get in behind them, they're like, oh, no, Abana, she's like crazy. And they continue that for most of the movie right. that she's the crazy one she's supposed to be like this crazy daring pilot that is really awesome but she does all sorts of crazy maneuvers and she does kind of i guess i, guess. I mean she backs closer to the thing than you, i guess she's supposed to and <laughs> yeah. she releases the valves like right when otherwise there'd be a huge catastrophe whatever yeah but basically what she finds out when she's so excited she gets to fly is that xander is her like second in command right Something like that. You've got your first command lady, then he's in command, then she's the pilot. Right. Yeah. So he's she's first pilot, he's second pilot or something, which means he's, uh, whatever she's way, is. He's way above her because she has to say sir right. to her. It doesn't to have him, to be so. way above her. It could be just, or just one regular, rank above yeah. her. I think he gets above her later on, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Bottom. <laughs> or maybe under. I don't know. It could be either way. Or both. Or both. Or at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. Craziness goes on in space. No idea. Zero gravity. <laughs> in space, no one can hear you scream. It's from a different movie, but still. And applies. a different reference. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it still applies. So she's, you know, doing her crazy piloting, I guess, or whatever. And yeah. you see there's a bunch of her flirting. I guess there's sexual tension between the two. There's supposed to be, but her acting is so, like, yes. wooden and flat. Like, Well, she's smiling all the time right except for maybe two scenes where she kind of has a grin almost smirk. or when she's flying you can see she has this really concentrated face yes. <laughs> that's how i imagine all women drive right that's how you guys <laughs> see this is when it would be good to have kelly on so she can give me a death stare and go no <laughs> it's not it hey women drivers are are perfectly capable well, all the insurance company commercials right now tell me that. All right. Because anytime they have the rate sucker commercials, it's never women that are in trouble. <laughs> and then it's always women that get the extra money for being great drivers. So, right. you know, hey, that's, that's fun. Science, fun. right? It if is. commercials say it, it must be true. <laughs> exactly. Especially if it's a funny... I don't even want to name the insurance companies because I hate them. Where do they go after... So they're basically just showing... That's the whole backstory to show that Ibanez is going to be flying the ships and she's going to be very busy and blah blah right and she's really good and she's a hot shot but people yeah. like her and, and her and xander are probably going to hook up right yeah. so they set all that up but then what's the next part the next part is the laser tag yes then it's laser tag because right. the shower scene shows that he and dizzy are still fighting like they're right. not getting along still so then they go into the laser tag It's scene. all progressing. Right? All progressing. So yeah, so they now they do the laser tag, so they split them up, of course, red and blue. And Rico and Diz are on the same team. Jake Busey, his name is Ace, he is on the other team. And they're just going around. They realize, oh no, we can't get to the flag because they've got it heavily guarded. And Diz looks at Rico and goes, we'll do the 
fucking flip thing or whatever <laughs> that you did the football. I think that's exactly what. <laughs> that's I exactly the word flip for thing. word what it was called. <laughs> so he goes all dizzy. You know me so well. Let's do it. So they go ahead and they do this thing and he he jumps up on this crate and then flips over, shoots the three guys, takes Ace's gun. And whenever you get shot, you get like a a buzz or like probably like a uh, electric shock or whatever. Keeps you down on the ground. He takes two guns, starts shooting everyone else, gets the flag and he's all happy with himself. And Zim goes, hey, let's see what he can do. Make him squad leader. Right. So now he's squad leader. Then I believe you go back to the bunk, right? Yes. So in the bunk. He finally gets a note from Carmen, yep. from Ibanez. Everyone's watching and like, whoa, super hot. Like, <laughs> you, you don't deserve this. <laughs> you don't deserve this. And he's watching. She's talking about how she's thinking about going career and showing how beautiful it is in space. And unfortunately, that means she doesn't have the time. Right. She didn't have the time before. But now she realizes Xander's there, I guess. So she's like, oh, I don't have the time to be with you. And basically breaks up with him over there. And now, to Diz's credit, she doesn't go, hey, let's go fuck. (laughs) (laughs) She is sad for him. Right. That he is now sad. Right. So that's something. You know, I'll I'll give credit for that. And then Ace comes over and he's like, oh, buddy, I'm sorry. I I loved his line uh, because at the end, Carmen goes, hey, can you know, let's be friends. Yeah. I, I forgot. I don't think we mentioned they the three of them made a pact. Right. It was him, Carl and Carmen. Right. At, well, Carmen made the stupid pact, which makes no sense. <laughs> which makes no sense and is ridiculous. Yeah, she's got that super hot smile thing going <laughs> and she's just like, hey, guys, why don't we make a pact right now that we'll lose our virginity by senior prom? <laughs> no, that was a different movie <laughs> that we stay friends forever. Right. <laughs> friends that was forever. it. Stay friends. For- it was like a five year old's pact. Yes. Like, we're going to be friends forever, guys. <laughs> and Rico, of course, is like, yeah, I get to hold your hand. Sure. I'm in. Yeah. And then Carl's the only one to say, well, we're probably never going to see, see each, each other, other again. <laughs> We're going to be thousands of light years away. Right. But okay. Okay. Yeah. And Why he, not? He knows. He, you know, he knows. But uh, that was their pack. So she's like, so we'll still be friends. And then Ace goes, man, isn't it, isn't it funny how after they rip your guts out, they still want to be, be friends. friends. <laughs> so like and then that's when Rico basically admits, oh, I only joined for her. That's right. when he finally, you know, admits it to everyone. Right. I only joined for a girl. But Ace goes, no, nah, man. You got squad leader all on your own. And at that moment, I go, no, that was Dizzy. Dizzy, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, he did a good job, but it was also her sacrifice to do that. Because right. Because she could have gotten squad leader. As I'm watching all of this, I'm like, he's giving her no credit for this. Yeah. And she doesn't even care. No, she doesn't. She doesn't care about it. Oh, what a great She woman. just loves him so I much. Know. <laughs> we all need a Dizzy in our lives. So that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I guess if you like that sort of thing. Well, I'm trying to think. The well, stalker you need, sort of. You need a Rico in your life then. I guess that's the way. For every, every girl needs a Rico who will just go ahead and wait on the girl for whatever and be all jealous and whatnot. And then every guy needs a Dizzy who will stalk him <laughs> and say, I'll fuck you anytime you want, basically. And we'll, oh we'll get to God. all that. We will certainly get to all that later, too. Uh, but, so now you see everyone's a little bit more down in the dumps on this, which is unfortunate. Because today is live ammo practice day, yeah, which I've never heard of before, where you would ever face some type of situation where, sure, live ammo, I completely understand, but never where you'd be playing some type of a game where there's going to be things shooting at you yep. in this kind of scenario. 
Well, th- this is another thing from the book. They do oh. use live ammo. They What they say is that we're going to be shooting and one out of every 500 bullets is going to be real. Oh, shit. And All we're right. going to be sh- and we are going to be shooting at you. What? And one out of every 500 bullets is real. That's fucked so up. you have to take cover. Like it really makes you like take cover. It really makes wow. you like do what you're supposed to be doing. OK, I like that better than what they did, because right. that, that to me is even more fucked up. <laughs> I'm telling you, the book boot camp is so much, so much more fucked up than the movie so one. Does the same thing happen then? No. Oh, okay. All right. Well, should we go into what? And yes. I want to hear what happens in the book. Yes. So what happens in the movie is they're trying to beat this certain score. And Rico is a squad leader. The big guy that we've talked about a couple times, the one that got his arm broke, the farmer yeah. planet guy, he's got a malfunctioning helmet. So they're not even like five feet into the course right now. <laughs> right. And what happens is the same thing that was kind of, it wasn't the laser tag thing, but basically these... Uh, shooting targets will come up from underneath the ground so they're surprising people yeah and then they're shooting those lasers so you're gonna get it on your chest and you're gonna phase out or whatever whatever happens to be but it's live rounds so you think if you get tasered maybe your trigger finger is gonna go yeah so they're fighting these things and now while the big guy is complaining about his helmet he's getting in front of people's lines of fire and they're all yelling at it like oh you're so stupid farmer planet guy like so rico who is squad leader comes over and says let me see your helmet the girl who wants to go into politics is like you dumb idiot like you're gonna ruin this for all of us and as that happens a target comes up and scares her she falls back and just triggers her gun right and it blows the top of the guy's head off (laughs) and what's crazy is rico gives this weird look and then goes medic (laughs) but what i'd like to mention is no matter what even if he had his helmet on he would be dead But technically, you can blame Rico because he put him in that position. Right. Instead of saying, like, get off the course or whatever it happens right. to be, you can still blame him for that. But I think he would have died anyways right. because of the malfunctioning helmet. So that's the main huge thing that happens in this scene. So what happened in the book? Well, in the book, there is many people die during boot camp. And it is just known that that is going to happen. Like variously like exposure to the elements or like getting shot like there are many people there are quite a few people who die there is a point at which he becomes the squad leader and then he messes up something with his equipment oh with his equipment with his own equipment okay and nobody gets killed but he still like did something wrong according right. to the rule book and he gets punished for it in the same way he does in the movie. Really? Yeah. Well, that's even worse. All right. Well, this this kind of made sense because even though it wasn't really all of his fault, it kind of was. Yeah. So they they lose not only obviously the guy who died, yeah. but then the girl who mistakenly killed him, she washes out. And now the, I guess, it's, is it a corporal? Is it a sar- someone above a sergeant? Whatever, a colonel? Whatever yeah. it happens to be. He's the guy from Breaking Bad. Yep. <laughs> and also from Under the Dome. <laughs> so, And Under the Dome. Holy shit, what a terrible, terrible show. Great book. Terrible show. But anyways, uh, he's like, hey, can we save this, this recruit? And Zim's like, yeah, I, I think we can. Let's do corporal punishment. So it's 10 lashes in front of everybody. Yeah. And Zim gives uh, Rico something to bite down on. And he's like, trust me, I know. So, you know, oh, I we have it on the background. I'm sorry. <laughs> Dizzy just got naked. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hooray. All right. Well, we'll get to that. But yeah, so he has to bite down on it. So, you know, Zim's gone through it before. Now, did he want to leave after this as well in the book? Yes. Okay. At, at a certain point. Oh, he, okay. And I don't remember exactly the series of events, but at a certain point he he decides to break, but he, he decides he was done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore, but he changes his mind for a much different reason. Oh, okay. Well, this is the reason he does it for the movie. Is so he takes his lashes. He takes the 10. They stop showing it after six or whatever yeah. because they go to where Carmen is and Carmen and Xander are about to make out when a huge ass fucking meteorite comes out of a wormhole from the bug planet and they have to do quick evasive measures but their telecoms or whatever get knocked out their communications tower gets knocked out because it hits the meteor because of how big it is so they can't radio ahead now they had mentioned before that they had the ability to shoot these things down so i don't know where that why that didn't happen this time no idea. but apparently what happens is as Rico decides after he does his 10 lashes to wash out, fills out his form and he's about to leave, everyone starts rushing, rushing to these TV screens and saying they're going to war and he follows because apparently that meteorite just happened to hit only Buenos Aires. <laughs> and he, at the time, he had been on a video call with his parents. Yeah, which is really sad. Right? Like, and oh. all of a sudden you see like a shadow go yeah. over them and they were like, oh, looks like we, the, it looks like you're cutting out and then they yeah, lose the like, signal. they're like, is it rain? <laughs> <laughs> it's really, and she's like, this time of year? Yeah. Uh, but all he wanted, like, what was great was his parents were just so happy to see him. They didn't care. They were like, don't worry about anything. Like, we're just having, they weren't like typical rich people yeah. in movies and stuff. They were like, look, we're happy that you, we don't care what happens. Just come home. We want to see you. It was nice, but then they get totally fucked. So right. it was a good thing he didn't wash out right. Like, it's a good thing he took that call <laughs> because that would have really sucked to show up and then you're just wiped off the face of the I earth. I think it would have taken him a little bit of time to get back. Probably. I don't know. It seemed like that was a transportation, like almost like a uh, like the holodeck where you just kind of <laughs> beam. Like, that's what I think. It was. No. no, it wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> they they make no. it seem like travel does not matter time-wise whatsoever in this movie. So that's what I wasn't sure about. I just thought they had transportation pods or whatever, and he just went ahead. Maybe they did. I don't oh, okay. know. But I guess not in the book then. No. No. Oh, <laughs> Buenos Aires gets completely wiped out. Nine million death toll, like, keeps going up. They say immediate action to go to war to wipe out Clandathu. They don't do their research whatsoever. They're just no. like, we're going. Rico gets reinstated, which is, you know, cool. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go fight the bugs now. Plus, he has nowhere to go. Like, where is he going to go? Right. So he's ready to fight. Is this when they go to the first time? Basically, they're a year ahead right now of where we started. Or they're actually right where we started. Yeah, the they're about the right where we set. started. So, yeah. So he decides, because my parents are dead, I have nowhere to go. I'm going to rip up my resignation thing. And I'm going to join. I'm going to pretend like it never happened. And they let him do that. Yes. In the book... He's like about to break and then he gets a letter from his old professor. Oh, Radchek. Rad, okay. Who is a different character. Right. Oh, okay. in the It's a different person than right. Radchek. But he gets a letter that's basically like, I'm super proud of you. Like, <laughs> I was mobile infantry and like rose to the ranks of lieutenant colonel, which he didn't know before. So this is apparently a really high up guy. And he's like, you know, you're through the the worst of it they're trying to break you but you can make it through and so he's like oh okay oh okay gotcha in the book he does 
learn at some point that Buenos Aires has been destroyed, but he is not from Buenos Aires in the right. book. Isn't he like Filipino or something? He in the is book Filipino too? Okay. in yeah. the book, and he is from somewhere in the United States. Oh, okay. Um, but he does learn way later that his mom was visiting. Buenos Aires at the time and died, oh, okay. which he was not aware of at the time. But gotcha. even more reason to so keep kill, killing bugs. Kill some bugs. Kill some bugs. Yeah, that's right. So they get. So this is the first mobile infantry. Let's fucking get them. Yep. Shock and awe. That's what they're <laughs> going for. Like they don't even care. Like all the fleet is now perched above Planet K, Kalendathu. Well, they're at the space station, which is not right above it. So they go to the space station where he runs into Carmen. Oh, this is when they're super excited, right? Yeah. This is when they're excited because they're going to war. So this is what I mentioned before where the porter is out and the one kitten is like, I just hope there's some left when we get there. And he like, <laughs> gives a stare in front of the camera. Yep. And, and that's when the reporter says, and some people think that we're the ones that have intruded on the Bugs planet and that there should be a live and let live. Johnny Rico comes over. He's like, I'm from Buenos Aires. And I say, kill them all. <laughs> and then everyone's like, yeah, yeah, let's go get fucking tattoos. Dude, matching tattoos. <laughs> I love, but I did love the way they got those tattoos. And I hope that's the future about like just a laser, just <laughs> doing it. Like no art. Like, I believe me, I love tattoo artists and everything, but they could do, I think they do 3D printed tattoos now too. Oh, do they? So there's like tons of stuff you can do, but that's how they were doing it. And then Ace is like a dick and they're drinking whiskey out of a bottle and he like pours it on. <laughs> I don't know how. They didn't ruin the tattoo, but obviously her. And then they're like, death from above. Yeah, yeah we're big frat guys. So this is great. <laughs> so that is when they're they're getting ready. They're mobilizing. But then they see Carmen. Yep. And Carmen calls out for Rico. And then it's kind of like a little sour meeting because she's super happy all the time. Yeah. But he's like, I'm not so happy to see you. Like, why do I care? And then that's when Xander comes over and you're like, oh, shit. Yep. Something's going down. <laughs> And Rico makes some comment about like how mobile infantry is just there to die, you know, just to be the grunts or whatever. Which is accurate. It is accurate. (laughs) Yes, it is. And Xander's like, yeah, that's all those mobile infantry guys are good for. Yeah. You know, and he's like, what'd you say? And the guy's like, what, you want to make something of it? And he's like, I'm smarter. Mobile infantry isn't that dumb. There's rank. And he's like, okay, no rank. And he's like, you hear me, everybody. And he turns around. And then (laughs) fucking Rico just decks him, starts throwing him around. But I think Xander got the best out of that. He did. Yeah, because he flipped Rico onto the table. Table. And it started... (laughs) wailing on him yep. and then rico got one more kick in and then it was all right you know everyone so, uh, by the way xander totally won that fight that's what i was thinking too i was a little Absolutely. disappointed yeah, yeah i was like oh, i guess carmen did pick the best guy i don't know what dizzy's <laughs> getting a loser here <laughs> <laughs> so that was a little fight then it's now time to go to planet k yeah so they've got all the fleets and obvious nope what? let's clendathu well they call it planet k as well whatever is it really is there because they said they're going back because I know Planet P is another one. Right. But I thought Sorry, they also mentioned was... K as Clandathu, so they didn't have to keep on saying Clandathu. Whatever. Right. Uh, either way. You're probably right. Either way. But what they do is uh they they get everyone ready. Carmen and Xander are flying one of the big fleet ships, and they mention that there are these big things of blue light that are coming up. And Carmen's like, What what is that? Like, should we be careful? And yeah. the person in charge is like, no, the scientists said, every, the researchers said everything's fine. That's just like gas from the things. Yeah, no. Not at no. all. It's totally a <laughs> system of destroying ships yep. and stuff. Anti-aircraft fire from the butts of bugs. Yeah. 
So they were just not doing their research whatsoever. Right. A lot of the people touch down, but a lot get killed on the way down, which is similar to war. I mean, that, yeah. that certainly happens. But uh, Rico's group gets down on the ground and they start killing bugs. But then every single one of their people starts getting picked off. Yeah. No one seems to keep their cool. Like the only people that seem to be doing OK are Rico and Dizzy. But Ace kind of loses it. He kind of stops shooting and doesn't tell people what to do because he's squad leader at that point. Yeah. Rico obviously got busted down uh, after the incident. Uh, so then Rico takes charge and starts shooting. But then the reporter thing happens. Rico tries to save some people. I think Kitten gets killed at this point. The girl who wanted to have babies gets dragged down into a like one of their holes. And you know nothing good happens down there. Nope. So she's fucked. Pretty much everyone's getting fucked up. And then Rico gets the leg through his leg. Yep. And it seems like he's going to die. But then they cut. And basically, don't they show the propaganda film after that? I think so, yeah. And, and they're, they're just showing all the dead human bodies. Like, it's a massacre. What's crazy is none of the none of the, uh, the soldiers are peacefully dead, let's <laughs> say. They're all, like, ripped to shreds. Right. Like, they're heads are off the the legs and limbs are all gone and the propaganda is just they're using this to get more recruits they're not right. it's not scaring people it's just making more people want to join up and they're going through all of that kind of stuff and then carmen looks at all the dead and she sees rico's name and then she's yep. all sad and blah 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 but it's okay why is that mandy because he lives yay, yay! He's in a big tube. He's in a big tank of <laughs> yeah. water with his leg being stitched up by a robot or and something. And I wish that could be. It's it's awesome. Yeah. Like I really. And it seems like he's only there for a little bit to get something huge. He has a huge. It's all right. the way through his leg. Well, Dizzy, they all come to visit him. And Dizzy's yeah. like, only a few more days and you'll be out. So yeah. it seems like he's in there for at least a few days. Probably a week. Yeah, yeah. maybe. But even a week. Holy right. shit, that'd be awesome. So yeah, she holds up. She's like, you were killed in action. Isn't that great? And then she kisses the tank and it's all sweet. And Yeah, but still kind of creepy. Oh, there's no still doubt about this. Still a little bit stalkerish. But... <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but he doesn't have any other girls there. Yeah. So does he ever hook up with anybody in the book? So in the book, he has no girlfriend to start. He does meet up with a classmate, Carmen. Okay. At the recruiting office, which was sort of the last push he needed to join. Okay. Like, right. he was already probably going to do it. And then this pretty girl that he knows from school is like, hey, you should join. He's sure. like, yeah, all right, why not? Sure. Um, and then there are no girls in the mobile infantry. Oh, there are sucks. There are not. No, no, there no are shower no scenes. No <laughs> shower scenes. There Son are no nothing. So there's no girls in the mobile infantry. There are many, many girls who are pilots. Like that oh, okay. is like they talk about women being great pilots. Interesting. And this book was written in the 1960s, right? 60s or 57? early 70s. Really? I'm not positive. Oh, I thought it was really, yeah, whatever. whatever. But yeah, but even then, that's pretty progressive, though. Yeah. I guess even to have that. So they were like, they have better reflexes and all sorts of things. So Oh, so they're liars now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so mobile infantry is all men. Okay. Now, variously throughout the book, Ooh, uh. he like talks about being on leave and like going out on dates. And then oh, at one point, okay. he meets back up with Carmen for a date. And oh. they kiss. Oh, nice. And then at the end of the book, he says something about, like, I wonder if she's 
still okay. Like maybe we'll meet up sometime. Oh, that's not bad. So right. and that's not stalkerish on his part. Or no, anything. Oh, and God. Dizzy is a dude, so yeah, there's so no, no. Yeah, romantic. They're not that progressive. Sixties or the seventies to say that. Okay, none of this. Yeah, sorry. Sad moment just came on the screen right now. I I remember tearing up at this. All right, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. All right. So now we we find out who saved him because yep. Rico's fine. Ace is fine, and so is Dizzy. They're basically the only people, it seems, that survived that whole thing. I mean, there's probably more, but at least from their squad. Right, so they're the only ones from their platoon who survived. So they need to, like, join up with a new platoon because they're orphans at this point. So they need a a new group. So they go in and they meet a new guy called Sugar. And then I forget who the chick is. But she's the squad leader at this time. And, and Sugar is the guy. The guy, yeah. He's from uh, The Walking Dead. He's also from The Wire. Oh, you're right. He was he was the preacher in yeah. Walking Dead. It's right. Seth okay. Gilliam. Yeah. He was also on The Wire. Yeah, he's great. I like yeah. him. So yeah. he's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, he And he plays a fun role here, but you know... It's probably not going to last, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, with that, with that most, kind of thing. Most of the people in this movie die. Yeah. Which let's, is, let's be clear. Most of the people die in this movie. Yeah, it's not surprising. Not surprising at all. But yeah, so they meet him and then the squad leader and Jake Busey's like, oh, I, I heard you're in corporal or whatever the fuck sergeant is a real nutbuster. And the chick punches him in the face <laughs> and he's like, all right, I gotcha. You know, and it turns out to be Radchek. Yep. So, you know, Rico gives him the look. Rico is great at the facial expressions when he's not supposed to be making facial expressions. <laughs> he's very good at recognizing people and making like, what? Kind of faces without yep. saying, what? So, Radchek, that's what the quote from the beginning was, is, you know, if you don't fight, I'll shoot myself. You know, and it's it's Radchek, Roughnecks, and hoo And everyone's yep. all excited. Uh, so, they're supposed to go to Planet P. Yep. At the one planet that they go to. So they basically, this time, nuke the planet as best they can. Yeah. And then they send their platoon to be cleanup. And that one is just like a whole, it's mostly a whole bunch of burnt up arachnids and whatnot. And then they find like a whole, that's where they use a nuke. Yeah. And it blows up, but they're like just fine. Like just ducking behind something. Yeah, you know. Uh, That's where Sugar, like, they're much better at all shooting the arachnids when there's like six on one yeah they still it's hundreds and hundreds of bullets on one and then he like explodes the eye and he gets all the green stuff on him and he's like what do you say they don't look so cool when you're uh when you're scraping them off your boot yeah <laughs> oh sugar he was great yeah so then they get a call because for really one of the first times you see a gigantic bug Right. That you hadn't seen before. And it shoots fire for some reason. It's just <laughs> no reason why. Do they have that in the book? Uh, no. Okay. All right. So this giant like beetle like yep. creature almost is shooting fire and it melts almost half of the squad leaders, the whole arm, but then a little bit more. Right. Uh, and Radchek takes her aside and Rico decides, well, I fucking know what to do. So he jumps on the beetle's back <laughs> and starts shooting into it. So it creates this huge hole. And like, for some reason, the blood in the arachnids is green, but the blood on this insect is Alert. bright orange. <laughs> don't know why evolution but you know what's weird though humans all have the same blood color why do all the different insects have different blood colors Uh, i know i'm I'm looking way too far into this but i just i'm not a biologist you're not i'm not get off the show i'm not a biologist but i'm gonna guess 
uh, something with chemicals and also because all warm-blooded creatures have red blood. Right. So. I believe that's correct. I believe that's correct. I may, may be wrong on that, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Probably, probably. But things that are cold-blooded or what have you, like insects and lizards and stuff. <laughs> they may have. By rules. Uh-oh. <laughs> they may have. That may have something. To do. I don't, I'm not a biologist. Why are you asking me? <laughs> I'm this glad thing? you stated that multiple times because people do look to the show <laughs> for their biology questions. So that is. <laughs> well, there's much. also a whale biologist. Oh, yes. From Futurama. Yeah. Oh. oh, Futurama. I do love <laughs> Every time we come on the show. I, uh, it's always Futurama. It's always Futurama. I don't know. <laughs> it's, I'm okay with that. I'm compl- Yeah. If we're going to make reference to something, I'd rather it be Futurama. That's right? for sure. So Rico destroys Rico, the yeah, bug. Rico, yeah, blows a hole in it. So it's got this, this pool of orange blood and then throws a grenade down it <laughs> and jumps off of it and blows the fuck out of it. And it just totally yeah. explodes. And Ratchek's like, where did you learn to do that, soldier? And he's like, don't you remember? I played football. I was captain. So he's like, hey, you're now uh, lieutenant until you die or till I find someone better. He's now corporal. Oh, whatever. Whatever. I honestly, I'm so, so bad yeah. at that. So basically, like, I hope no he's just like... I hope like, no one's offended. I know. I, I don't... He's don't. basically just like, hey, you just did something crazy. I'm just going to promote you. Because, you know, <laughs> that's how the military works, yeah. by the way, guys. And then they continue the trend of, until I find someone better or you die. Or you like, die. That's, yeah. If yep. someone dies, you're... And that's what he... He then has to look for a squad leader, you know, because now he is, you know, that. So he has to do a squad leader. So he asks Ace right away, which is kind of sexist, I guess. Yeah. But he asks Ace and Ace says, no, I froze last time. I'm just here to fight. And then he asks Diz. And Diz is like, I'm your girl. Wink, wink. <laughs> I just the the way the promotions work in this movie it's just completely ridiculous. Right. Is it anywhere near that in the book or was it did it follow some type of rule? No, it followed some type of thing. I mean, and certainly if you were in battle and your ranking officers got killed, like yeah, you would step up, but yeah. you wouldn't then be that rank. Yeah, they'd like, go to the next person that is, yeah. Sure. Right, you'd then get back and regroup and then after the fact, they'd be like, okay, we need a new corporal, like right. let's promote this guy, right? Like, it wouldn't be like in the field, you're just like, hey, by the way, like, I'm gonna promote you, that's right. just how it works. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's no, no regrouping in this movie, no, no. nothing. Yeah. So now on the planet, they are celebrating, and Radchek got everyone beer and sports equipment and a violin. And for right. some reason, Ace <laughs> is awesome at the violin. So he's just going around playing this neon green violin, which I thought was awesome. Right. And, of course, Diz comes over. You know, Sugar's asking Rico about uh, Radchek and what he was like in real life. And Diz comes over and wants to dance. And Rico's like, I, I'm not, I don't do that anymore. Yep. And he's like, do I have to pull rank? So she asks Sugar. Sugar goes off and Radchek comes over and says, hey, remember when you asked me for advice? He's like, yes, sir. Do you want some advice now? Yes, sir. And he says, never pass up a good thing. Yeah. That's what he says. Never pass up a good thing. Uh, And Rico gets the point. So he goes over and makes Sugar go get them some beers. (laughs) And then starts dancing as Ace and his toothy grin play a slow violin (laughs) song. Right in their faces. Right in their face. And that is what a friend would do. Also, I appreciate how how Rico's just a complete douche to her. He's like, do I have to pull rank? Like, get the fuck out of here. But that's why I said everyone needs a dizzy. Right. But then immediately afterwards, he goes over to her and she's like, oh, okay. Like, I don't even care that you were just an ass. Like, I'm just going to be fine with Wait, it. Is that not how relationships work? <laughs> Damn it, Mandy. This is not making any sense uh. to me. 
Yes, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, th- that's what I was saying. Like, <laughs> But do you think if Denise Richards had treated him like that, he'd do the same exact Probably, thing? Probably, yeah. So it's just the turnaround here is fair play kind of thing. I'm but I do saying, feel bad for Dizzy. I'm just saying don't get relationship advice from Starship yeah. Troopers. <laughs> I mean, she's a she's definitely a psychopath, a yeah. stage five clinger like you mentioned. <laughs> But, I mean, I still feel bad for her. Yeah. Because she just loves... Who doesn't? Come on, it's Casper She just loves him so, so much. She's all about... And I don't know why, because he's really not that... He's not funny. No. Uh, He has barely any personality. It's literally looks. It has to be looks. It's gotta be. That's it. There can't be anything else. And that is what is wrong with our society, of course. If I had Tristan here, which I'm (laughs) sure he'd be going off on... (laughs) On, I mean, he's not this. even that nice to her. Like, no. I don't understand. Maybe it's that, like, playing hard to get thing. And she loves the oh. chase, I guess. And she must. I mean, she must love the chase. She's because why to. else? Yeah. Why else would you do it? Because, yeah, he's nothing. I mean, Xander's nothing either. I mean, at least Ace has personality. Yeah, but Xander is at least, like, nice to her and supportive of her in terms of, like, I'm going to help teach you. Oh, that's and, true. like, I'll give you, I'll give you know, that. you're a great pilot and whatever. Like, he's at least nice to her. Like, Rigo is not nice to Dizzy pretty much ever. Yeah, that's true. Except for the whole just making her squad leader <laughs> was, like, the greatest thing ever for her. The second choice. Yeah. Second choice. Second choice, yeah. <laughs> so, what, basically, then they just cut to now they're in the tent by themselves. Yep. And it's time to have sex. <laughs> Dizzy's just been waiting for this her whole life, it yeah, seems. Yeah, pretty much. So, she's all about it. And what I thought was... I This is where I, I went awe. This was my, like, <laughs> awe moment was when she starts laughing. She's, like, chuckling. And he's like, what's so funny? And she's just like, oh, it's funny how things work out. Yeah. Because this is like the biggest thing for her in her fucking life. <laughs> like she's so happy and he doesn't get it no. most likely. But what I thought what made me laugh was so she she takes off her shirt and that's the scene we had seen recently. So you get to see her naked again. But he stops her <laughs> from taking out the shirt over her nose nose and the rest of her head yeah so i was like holy shit is he gonna be such a dick that he's gonna fuck her and not look see at her, her face so he can pretend it's denise richards like what a dick that's what i thought so the whole time she's just trying to she's like oh this is the game he's playing she's trying to like kiss him but he's not near he's, her face yeah. yet. and then finally they do kiss and it's like got to be the happiest moment of her life I know. or whatever well it's very aggressive it was too yes. as well and well that was the other thing i don't think i don't think dizzy is a tender lay no <laughs> either. Like, and she was like biting his yeah. chest like i could see her definitely was... oh yeah that was, you're absolutely right the first thing she did was the very the nipple. first thing yeah. Nipple, nipple right away <laughs> and that is aggressive which was an odd yeah. choice I'm ladies do it do whatever you want ladies but that is aggressive like <laughs> a guy's gonna know that you're looking for something a little bit more right that's, that's but it's saying. still like very awkward because it seems like he's like coming into this being like oh yeah this is just i want to have sex with you yeah. Finally, all right, I'll have sex with you. But she's like, she's, oh, my God, this is like the moment. Yeah, like she got <laughs> she basically from this got everything she wanted. But what is also funny is so this is that was the whole scene initially. So it was nipple. It was she he did take the shirt off and yep. they started making out some more. But then they got interrupted. Didn't she say I love you at, at this point? Yes. And sorry, I was about to say that. Yeah. Okay. She said I love you. And Rico gave her the same kind of look. 
that Carmen gave him. Yeah. But he kind of had a smirk on his face, at least something, you know, at yep. least that. But yeah, and then didn't say and it back didn't to say her. It yeah. back. But that was like the first thing she said to him was, I love you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Diz. Oh, oh. I mean, he knew. Or maybe he was too dumb. I mean, who, who I even knows? I think he's just, I think... Yeah, I think he's yeah, an he idiot. Just didn't, yeah. The only thing I could hope, and I know we shouldn't even care because this is a dumb action satire movie, but the hope is that he did kind of get over yeah. Carmen and realize that Diz was something special. I don't know. That's the sentimental side. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, the movie really made me want to root that way. Yeah. There's also some background information also about what the director intended to have happen oh i did not hear that go ahead um so i I don't know i might want to say it later oh okay because i don't want to ruin it okay we'll we'll talk later then what happens is they get interrupted by rad check (laughs) because he got on the comm and they have to go right now to planet p and he goes 10 minutes and then he's like who's in your you know because Diz is naked, so she's underneath the covers yeah. now. And he's like, who's there? And then she's like, Flores, sir. And that's her real name. And he goes, make it 20. Make it 20. <laughs> and then he leaves. And then, and then he, uh, Rico turns to her and he goes, we can do this. Yeah. Well, she goes something like, do you still want to? And he's like, 20? Yeah, we can, we can get it. We- which, which only means that Rico was taken care of. There's no way that no Diz way. got anything no, more. No, she did yeah. not. But still... Probably the best 20 minutes of her life or whatever, 18 minutes, whatever they did. With Rico, who knows? It could have been 30 seconds long (laughs) because I don't think he was having sex with anybody. So, yeah, yeah, who knows? So they don't show any more of that. They just cut. You assume. Yeah, well, they, they you see them say like, "Yeah, we can do this," and then frantically start to unzip yeah. their pants, yep. and then it cuts away. <laughs> so great, great on so Diz. so romantic. I by know. the way, absolutely romantic. Such a great first time for Diz. <laughs> and last, oh, Aww. all right, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, so now they go to Planet P, and in P, it's supposed to be they got a distress call, but it is supposed to be a clean planet. Like it's supposed to be. Bug free. Well, that's why it makes me think that's the same planet. They're already on this planet. No, they had to move. That's what they were saying, anyways. They're yeah, saying but they, they could have to move. moved by. Oh no, they could You're absolutely right. I'm running. Uh, no, you you could be right. You could be right. So either way, whichever it is, right. They also are in these canyons, and the sergeant, you know, Radcheck tells the guy to to go to higher ground to get the comms to work, and that's when a huge flying bug takes the dude. Takes him up to the nest to eat him, I guess. And Radchek, instead of shooting the creature, takes a sniper rifle from Sugar and shoots the guy. Yep. And so, and that's probably for the best too, because that guy was fucked. So it kind of, you know, kind of makes sense. But no one seems to care about death around them ever in this movie, no. really. And that's consistent with the book. In the okay. book, it's people die, and you know, that's sort of to be expected. In a pro-military type movie, you would expect that. You wouldn't expect there to be sentimental feelings for each other as much because it's not about you. It's about the military and what you're defending or what you're, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, it's like as Radchak says at one point, and I don't know if I'm going to slightly misquote this, but he's like, come on, you apes, do you want to live forever? (laughs) you want to live forever? you want to live forever? Like That happens in a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it makes, I mean... It happens like four times in this movie, too, I think, that they yeah. say similar things. So, yeah, it's it's not about you. Right. It's about the military. It's about the the win right. other than the individual. And that's the whole point of being the difference between the civilian and the citizen, which they talk about as well. So uh, they make it to this little outpost. Right. Similar to the... Uh, 
to the Mormon one that I mentioned before. And there's just death all around. There's killed arachnids. It's killed people. They go inside and they notice that they tunneled in to get in in the first place. And then that the guy who was at the distress caller at the comms had a hole in his head. And now the assumption is that the bugs went in his head and made him make this call because they find a lunatic commander that's been hiding in a in, in a, a closet, in a closet. <laughs> yeah and he's just like oh no where's the backup why, why aren't we here i have this privileged information i need to tell people and it's basically that they have this bug that can get in your brain and they realize oh shit this is a trap it's a trap and I it's another it. admiral it's, like, it's, Ag- <laughs> it's another admiral akbar moment yep. right there but I, what i did love is what i love so much was they said this place crawls. And I thought that was a great way to explain that things weren't dead. <laughs> what a great... This place crawls, sir. This place crawls. Oh, fucking great. Uh, so in this moment, and I thought this was a great CGI moment, was that's when the swarm comes. And it's just all these arachnids, all these crazy big bugs. Yeah. And they are just surrounding and just right. coming as a wave. So now they've got to hold everyone off while they try and, and radio for someone to come in. So that's when they say, hey, you know, come down here. This place crawl. And they're like, that place was supposed to be empty. What happened? Uh, and they say, land here. They're like, oh, you're going to need a crazy pilot. So you know, you you know, know. What that, you know what's going to happen what there. Means. So during this time, they're killing lots of shit. And <laughs> the, the crazy guy gets killed by a flying bug who gets shot down. And Ace is just laughing. Yep. <laughs> well, because it doesn't just get like the flying bug crashes down and like smears him all yeah, over all the ground. <laughs> and Ace is just all about that. He's loving it. Yeah. They keep on they keep on fighting and you know people are getting killed and what was very cool I thought was the flying bugs come in and just chop people's heads off. Yeah. Like it's just quick. It's yeah. a second and you're dead. And what we didn't even mention before is the arachnids are really fucking great at just cutting people in half. Yep. So it is bloody, it is gory, but the CGI I think was done very well. Right. They're coming into each other to make sure that they can uh, hold off everyone until the transporter comes down. So Rad checks in the middle, but one of those crazy fire breathing bugs breaks in from right. underneath and takes Rad down. And Rad starts to feel that his legs are being eaten as he's shooting down. Mm-hmm. And Diz and Rico pull him out, but his legs are gone. Rico, you know what to do. <laughs> And Rico does. He gets yep. up and he fucking shoots him and Diz is like freaked the fuck out. Right. But that is what Radchek wants. I mean, he's right. already made it known multiple times. He and wouldn't be any use. What what use would he be? Right. Like they might be able to save him technically. No, they he, could save him, but. Yeah, but he wouldn't be able to fight again. Like right. for some reason you could have metal arms, but no metal legs. I think you can. It's just a question of what, how effective a soldier you're going to be. Well, remember the guy who was taking the registrations had a metal hand, yep. but he missed both of his legs and didn't have metal legs well maybe he just didn't like him i don't know maybe Man, he likes him. metal legs would be fucking awesome <laughs> be great. but regard but he had said earlier when he shot the guy who got picked up by the thing he was like i want you guys like to do that, the same, for, to me. Do the same yeah. for me and so. he's mentioned multiple times he'll kill someone if they can't fight like right, if you're gonna you right. know whatever so yeah so they they do that they're fighting back and forth with people the plane the transporter comes down yep. xander comes out so you're like oh yeah you know who and he's helping fighting which is nice you right know, he actually like yeah he's not a pussy shit, so. yeah xander's not a pussy that's one thing you can definitely say <laughs> yeah like, he'll he'll put himself out there he might not be the best guy Especially when it comes to Rico, but right. you know he'll he'll do what he's supposed to do, 
and then you've got a scene where everyone's getting back to the transporter and that big firebug comes up you know maybe people forgot diz used to be a quarterback so she takes her fucking grenade and waits for the right moment tosses it right in its mouth blows it up and yep. you hear this patriotic music and she's like woohoo yep. and you're like fuck yeah Diz this is gonna be awesome America yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Buenos Aires yes and I'm like yeah you're gonna have some great sex with Johnny Rico tonight this is gonna be awesome maybe you'll have more than 20 minutes unfortunately that is not the case no nope. Rico yells out in uh, slow motion it's like the one slow motion scene I think in the movie yep and you realize oh no Diz she doesn't realize, but she knows something now is behind her. As mm-hmm. she turns around, the arachnids there uh, pierce right through her with two things and then just starts flinging around. And now Ace and him and Zan, they're all shooting at it, yelling Diz, and she's just being tossed around. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, no, this is not good. And they finally kill it. He rips the, te- you know, the claws, the, the legs out of her. Yep. And he gets around the ship. And there's a scene where Xander's like, Tower, get over here. So the guys that were... And those guys were heroes. They were staying up there and fighting and shooting down. They don't make it because uh, another fire bug makes it in and just like fucking melts them. Breathes fire all over the place. Become goo and stuff. And they like pretty graphically are burned to death. Oh, yeah. Right in front of everyone. Right in front of everyone. Uh, Xander gets in. They take off. He goes up and he mentions to... Because obviously it's Carmen flying. And it didn't seem like that was that crazy. There was plenty of room to... To fly in there yeah and, no and do it that. was but, fine uh so he tells her just so you know you know your boy rico is alive and yep. she's like what this is crazy and yeah except back. she still doesn't really react all no that she's still she's kind of got a sad she's look like, on her face oh kinda. <laughs> cool that's nice <laughs> i'll give her credit she's doing the awesome girl driving so oh yeah she's, she's constant sure. she's yeah, making her, her concentration her. face so now is the sad scene <laughs> yep. and Rico's holding Diz and telling her not to die. And I'm like, oh, no. And she's like, I'm going to die. And he's like, no, you're going to be no, fine. You're going to be fine. And she goes, <laughs> seriously, it's like the saddest thing. <laughs> so awful. She goes, and I think these are the exact words. She goes, it's okay because I got to have you. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, Diz. Oh, Diz. Oh, my God. And she's like, what's crazy is, too, is it's not a nice looking scene because she's covered in blood. And yeah. not only, and what I liked was not only her blood, she's covered with the insect blood as well. Yeah. Because a lot of times a movie might overlook that. It would just be hers and stuff. But she was being flung around by a creature that was being shot at. Right. And loves to spray green blood everywhere. So she's got that mixed with her own blood and her teeth are all bloody. It's not a pretty sight no. whatsoever. And she's like, oh, I got to have you. Oh, my God. It's you. so sad. She's like, I got to have sex with you once. So I'm okay with <laughs> dying. Yes. <laughs> Is that the message? And I got to be honest, Mandy. I got to be honest. If if a girl said that to me, it probably want to be one of the greatest moments of my life. Like that's, I think every guy would be fine. It would be a crowning achievement in, the, in their life if oh a girl God. told them that. That less than 20 minutes with you, really. I'm ready to die now. You know what? I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up for Rico. And I'm going to say he put in the extra 22. All right? It's... He gave her an extra two minutes. <laughs> so, yes, this was sad. And then the worst part was he's like, no, no, don't worry. And she goes, and then she starts feeling like she's actually, so she was really cool for a second. Where yeah. she's like, no, it's okay, because I got to have you. She starts choking on her own blood, basically, and going, no, no, no. Rico, don't let him take me. Don't let him take me. 
<laughs> that was horrifying. It was actually some probably somewhat realistic too. Yeah. Like being very calm and then all of a sudden be like, oh no, wait. Because yeah. the shock was there right. initially. And then it was like, oh no, I'm being ripped away right. from Casper Van Dien. <laughs> like I may never have that 20 minutes again. <laughs> Uh, so at least you went off on a high note yeah i mean come on dizzy's like the best character besides ace in this movie so even though she was a stalker and stuff but technically she was just in love just in love (sighs) i should i should put like a uh dating profile together where i'm like i'm looking for my dizzy (laughs) johnny rico looking for his dizzy (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah yeah. someone who can drive like carmen (laughs) But a dizzy in bed. Well, okay. So here's the here's the background scoop that happened originally. In, I am super excited. For I know this, originally in the movie script and the way the director wanted it mm-hmm. was for there was another scene where Xander and Carmen Carmen were like very more obviously like together like hooking oh. up or something. Okay, and. Then, like, at the end of the movie, there's, like, more scenes where Rico and Carmen have, like, a get-together type of a moment. Okay. That was in the original script. They When they tested it, audiences by far were extremely upset <laughs> about Carmen choosing her career over a man and wanted her to die instead of Dizzy. Like, oh, I think- by far. Far. They wanted her to be like they were really upset at yeah. her scene with Xander where they were like flirting or making out or whatever okay. they were doing. Yeah. And they really wanted her to die instead right. of Dizzy <laughs> for choosing her career. Well, to be, look, I wasn't mad that she chose the career. I was just mad that she was teasing him for a long time. Right. Like that was prolonged. She was playing into Xander for a while. Like that is why I was well, mad at her. Well, teasing in a certain like. To a certain extent. I mean, she went and had sex with him after the prom. We're assuming. Whatever. I'm just saying, like, she's allowed to flirt. They're not married. And even still, she's allowed to flirt. Like, whatever. So I'm just saying, if it was a dude, we would not be having this issue. This is a feminist issue. You you want to do that? (laughs) You don't have Kelly to back you up on this one. I, I, I can understand that in a way. I was not mad that she chose career. I was upset at the other ways that uh, that she treated him right. in general. That's that's kind of what I was more. But I also thought he was an idiot. But he also treated Dizzy that way. Well, and I in didn't the like same that either. Way, but, right? that's, but that's why I also like Dizzy because I'm like, oh, right. You know, she you know she was a psychopath and stuff as well. But right, she was truly in love with him, whether it was real or not to her. It was real. Right. So that's what I that's what I give credit but to. I just the overwhelming <laughs> like audience reaction of like screw this girl. Like right. w- it's just hilarious. Yeah. Xander doesn't seem like like to me he is the bad guy. He's the guy that stepped in that gave Rico competition. Right. But why? Like why is he a bad guy? Like because what did he how... do in this movie that was bad? He was a dick in the football game. How? By messing with Rico and saying all's fair in love and war. Like, that's a dick thing to say to somebody. Okay, so he made one... Well, look. He made one dick comment. On on Ian Hates, uh, on Ian Hates Love, which is coming <laughs> soon, we will certainly be talking to people about jealousy. I am not someone who ever gets jealous, 
So to me, that stuff doesn't matter. But in the movie and how generally people happen to be with jealousy, you can see why people would be mad at Xander for honing in on what seems to be Rico's girl the same way that they should be mad at Diz for constantly throwing herself right. at Rico. Like, you But just, they're not. You, well, you just didn't see Denise Richards. You didn't see Carmen get mad at Diz because she didn't care. But it could have easily been put the other way in plenty of movies yeah. where the girl is getting mad at another girl for right. throwing so herself then at the So then Dizzy would be the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've been talking about. We've been honest saying that she's a psychopath. <laughs> we have been completely <laughs> honest about this. So we just have to be honest about how the feelings towards Denise Richards' character because she's not the greatest person either. Right. Well, I just mean, you know, Xander comes in, he starts flirting with her. He doesn't know that that's his girlfriend. But once he does, once he, he still does, continues he to still flirt. continues to do so. But she's encouraging him. Yes, that right? is true. She that is, is true. definitely encouraging him. But Manny... And then he offers to tutor her and then he is a badass when he's fun. like, right, I don't see the rivalry. Uh, I don't see it as so black and white. Well, here's here is why it's black and white. You have listened to the show multiple <laughs> times. What do I say every single episode? Bros before hoes, yo. I say it <laughs> all the time. they're not bros. I know. I, they're not bros. <laughs> when have I ever said bros before hoes ever in my fucking life? Maybe on life? the Entourage podcast. Yeah, I think that's the only time when I have the bro tips. <laughs> oh, holy shit. I forgot about that. If anyone anyone who's listening should listen to that episode. Yeah, I thought that was great. pretty funny. I found a website that had bro tips. And it really is the craziest things you'll ever hear. I can't believe people really follow that shit. But yes, so I, I get it. I just... I feel very sad for Diz because she right. died and she was so infatuated. But at least she got him. Yeah. She didn't get him. She did. You know, it was like Pokemon Go. <laughs> she she caught her Johnny Rico. Johnny Rikachu? Oh damn. We just we just hit something brand new. <laughs> that is patented, folks. That Copyright. Is trademark. <laughs> so then they have the then they have the funeral. And it's a, a very Star Trek-esque type funeral yeah. where she's in a box and Rico's doing a thing. And Rico is not as sad as he should be, uh, probably. Uh, but they've got the flag on the carbonite-looking uh, yep. casket and it gets drifted off into space. Right. Because I can see why they did a big thing for her because they don't do any type of funerals for anyone because they're just pieces of people left. Right. So there's no collection of the bodies. It's just they're dead. Well, one thing that they do in the book is they talk about how everyone who dies while in the service is automatically becomes a citizen. Yes. Like, and you get like full ranks and all that. Like, they're very, very respectful of everyone who dies. Like, I actually have, I have Rico's and talk about this. So he says, someone asked me once if I knew the difference between a civilian and a citizen. I know now. A citizen has the courage to make the safety of the human race their personal responsibility. Dizzy was my friend. She was a soldier. But most important, she was a citizen of the Federation. No, we, we shared 20 minutes of, of passionate <laughs> lovemaking. Yeah. Uh, nothing like that. But She yes. was my lover <laughs> yeah, for no. 20 minutes. <laughs> the biggest thing was she was a citizen of the Federation. That was like the highest praise right. you could give someone. So, and now Carl shows up in his SS Nazi wear. Yeah. He's wearing like a big, long black trench coat. And yeah, it definitely looks like an SS officer. And Verhoeven said it was visualized more from the Dutch uniforms. Yeah. It just, it looks very SS. No doubt about it. The director was 
like he was in the Netherlands during World War II. Right. Like, so he is speaking from experience. Oh, absolutely. In this regard. Yeah. That's why he did it this way as satire. So Carl comes in and he has a talk with Carmen and Rico. And Rico goes, you knew. He was like, you knew there were bugs there. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we had an idea. We think there's a brain bug there. And Rico's like, mobile infantry just does the dying. And Carmen's like, how could you send them there? And and Carl's the only really smart one in this situation. He's like, I make decisions that gets hundreds of people like you killed all the time. We need to get this done. This has to be done. We have to capture that brain. I don't like making these decisions, but they have to be. So he's like, get ready. You're going back to pee. So because he's like, this is from a spe- This is about our species. Like this has nothing to do with individual people. And once again, and, like that's the big takeaway from the book. Right. And then also the movie, technically, even though they're making fun of it more in the movie. It is about the species. It's about the military. It's not about the individual. Right. So now they go back to P once again. Now, this is what I didn't get. So I, I guess this is making fun out of the military, not learning their lessons, because they go back the same way, and the fleet is right above the blue things again, and now, like, every major fleet ship gets fucked. Well, they have to drop them off somehow. But you think they would do it, they'd figure something out, instead of doing the exact same thing again. Because you've got to think of the billions upon billions of dollars and men that they lose. Right. Because this time, uh, Carmen's ship gets fucked up. Big time. You do it split in half. They do it much better in the book. Oh, do they? Okay, all right. Well, in the book, the bugs have spaceships. What? Yeah, that's fucked up. No, in the book, the now I'm fucking freaked out. (laughs) The bugs have ships, and they are also colonizing other planets, and they're doing their thing, and we just happen to like run into each other on our colonization Uh, of whatever. And there's also a third race. What? In the books, called the Skinnies. Whoa. Who are another race who are initially allied with the bugs, but then become allied with us later down the line. Interesting. And so some of the raids initially that he goes on are on the skinnies and not on the bugs. Oh, okay. But clearly gotcha. that would be way too complicated for... Yeah, and especially since Verhoeven didn't even care about the book. No, not <laughs> at all. Yeah, so I think... So that that's actually, that's interesting because, yeah, in the movie, it's just that the bugs hurl their spores yeah. to colonize. Okay, so they have, I can't even picture those fucking arachnids, like, <laughs> doing a spaceship. <laughs> like, they what do it, make, it. What it makes me wonder is, uh, even though they're a hive mind, is there a Rico arachnid <laughs> and a Dizzy arachnid no. who are just happy to get together? <laughs> no, they, similar, <laughs> they similarly have, in the book and the... And the movie, they have brain bugs okay. and like a high and a queen who lives like super way underneath the surface of the planet. Makes sense. Yeah. Protection. And they yeah. send up the worker bugs and the worker bugs don't fight. And then they also send up the warrior bugs, which are oh, the right. ones that fight. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So. so they go to planet P now again. Right. And they're and trying to get a brain bug. Yeah. That's this, the whole goal. Right. That's the whole thing. And it's a full scale assault. That's yep. their whole plan is to get that brain bug somewhere. But with all the fleets being destroyed, you know, up in space, Carmen's ship gets destroyed and her and Xander make it out on one of the escape pods. And they seem to be the only people that make it out. So yeah. that whole, you know, their commander is killed, all that kind of stuff. By getting so, chopped in half by an automatic door, which oh, is yeah. pretty, pretty epic. It's kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like a, not a peaceful way to die. It was like uh, Tatum was her name in the in the movie, but it was like uh, Rose McGowan in Scream. Yep, exactly. <laughs> 
Oh, good times. So, you know, they make it out and, you know, they're going at a high speed and they can't, you know, it's basically a crash landing, but they're calling out with their communication system and Rico gets the communications like, Carmen, Carmen, you know, where are you? Blah, blah, blah. They hit a mountain, go inside of it, go all the way down to the depths. Yep. And it's basically the whole catacombs of where all the insects are, where all the arachnids and everything are. Uh, So they radio out and they fight. Because everything's hostile, and Rico hears them scream. Ace, Sugar, they all hear him scream. Right. They're like ready to go. Sugar's got his people ready to go save them, and Rico's like, you know as well as I do, they're dead. They're already dead. Yeah, we're not. Just so there's we, no point. We can't do this. Right. We're and, not going to risk yeah. more people because and Ace, they're already yeah. dead. Ace, being a good friend, is like, I'm oh, sorry, buddy. You know, like yeah. he's always there to comfort him. He's always there to comfort him. <laughs> and then. They start making their way through a different tunnel. And as they're going down through it, Carmen and Xander have been captured, but yep. they haven't been killed. No, well, Xander's got pierced through the leg. Yeah. And, and Xander was cool. He was fighting. Right? Like, he was completely fine. Yeah. And yeah. she got pierced through the shoulder, shoulder in a way that she would definitely have died. Oh, most likely. Like, <laughs> almost immediately, because yeah, sure. that's so close to so, so many heart, arteries. Yeah, like, right by, yes. All right. right? Like, you, she would have been dead. Absolutely. Almost immediately. And by the way, after, like, afterwards, she's, like, running around and well, doing things. that's the whole point. They couldn't do the leg <laughs> because she has to run. Right. So but they do the shoulder. She's instead. shooting. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll, we'll get we'll get to that. They get captured. Yeah. They get captured. Rico is walking down with his group in the, in the tunnels, and all of a sudden gets an intuition. Yeah. And it's like there's a there's a fork in the road. Down there is where we're supposed to go, but Carmen's down there. And no one seems to really qu- – they're like – you know, Ace goes up to him. He's like, sorry, buddy, but from what I heard, she's dead. <laughs> and he's like, no, she's alive. No, she's alive. Yeah, no I one questions this. it. No one but they're like, it. But they're like, look, you can get court-martialed for this or whatever or death. It's like Sugar's like, I think they hang people for not doing that. And he's yep. like, okay, everyone, you guys follow this person and go down that way. Whoever wants to come with me. No, he's like, I oh, I need yeah. two volunteers. Two vo- yeah. And it's, obviously Ace and Sugar are like, of course. It would it's it's going to be us. It would be funny if they didn't volunteer. <laughs> right? But that, but that is the – that is that camaraderie that comes with the military, too, is right. I'll follow you to the death. But it's also at this point, well, at least in the it would make sense that they would be more higher ranking. They're more senior. They've been there for right. longer. So in reality, they should go with the main yes. group oh, absolutely. to yeah. command them. And he should take two unknown <laughs> yeah. red shirts because with what, him. what we kind of skipped over the little part was when Rico, when it's Rico's roughnecks who are, and he does the same speech of, you know, Hey, every, my only rule is everyone who, or everyone fights. If you don't, I'll kill you myself. Right. He does the same. So he does the same thing. thing. And also, by the way, he's now been promoted like yeah. three <laughs> different times yeah. by three different people right. just randomly. And then Carl promotes him because, I guess what? he can do that. Yeah, Carl does too. Yeah, Carl's like, you want the position? <laughs> it's like, fine. But yeah, and he's just got super young people. But technically, they're only a year older. Right. They're only like, so if they got out of high school at 18, they're 19 now. And, but the recruits they have look like they're 14. Right. Somewhere around there. So yeah, so they should definitely be going with them. But instead, let's take all the senior people and let's go off on yep. this weird mission that we don't even realize. Absolutely. Based on this guy's intuition that his ex-girlfriend may <laughs> still be alive. <laughs> right. So they go. You know. Yep, yeah, they go. And while this is happening, while they're making their way to Carmen... They show Carmen and Xander run into or are brought to the brain bug. Yeah. And it is 
so disgusting, so this gross. brain bug. I, if anything, feminists should be mad at that <laughs> because I think that was something of like making it kind of look like a vagina and <laughs> it was fucked up. Really? Well, they censored it at the end. Yeah, they did censor it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this is a disgusting, disgusting oh, like, it's like bat a, blob creature. It's like it's like if you took Jabba the Hutt and like chopped his head off and there was a bunch of eyes. And made him sticky. Right. And, and there's a bunch of and eyes slithery. and like a big wide gaping something Vagina. or other. <laughs> I'm not going to say that. Uh, no, I'll leave you to say thank that. Thank you. Um, and it can't move itself. It Like, there's these tiny little, the tiny yeah, little, little bugs, bugs that carry that it around. carry it around. Yep. Like, it's just, it's so gross. It's, it's yep. really. So this is the time where you kind of find out why it's called a brain bug as well. But Xander, who, who was pretty smart, when he grabbed the guns from the back of the ship where they were fighting originally, he also grabbed a knife and put it in his, on his leg. Right. So... While this is happening, while they are basically on their stomachs facing this brain bug, he kind of slips it over to Denise Richards. Yeah. Right. So she covers it up now. So Xander is being kind of brought up now to the brain bug. And he goes, someday, you know, someday someone like me is going to kill you. And he just spits in its face. Yep. Ah, this is badass. I was like, that's the way you got to go on, out, you got to like Xander. I kind of liked him at, at the end. Towards the end, yes. Yep. Towards the end, I liked him because he didn't pick another fight with, with Rico on the ship or anything. No. It was just like, he has his orders, he does his thing. And he was trying to protect Denise Richards the whole time, too. Right. So, he spits in the face. Now, this long, sharp, needle-like claw thing comes out of the brain bug's vagina thing. <laughs> And this to me, as is, they do, yes. As, uh, oh, she's. It's like that movie. Uh, have you seen that movie? Bite. No, it's teeth. Teeth. It oh, teeth? it's one of the. I've scariest. never seen it. I actually, but... I own it. Oh God, I own it why? Because it was three bucks at the store, and I hadn't seen it before. Oh, and I was God. like, "This is a cute girl, and I like horror movies. Let let me check this out." No. I can't tell you how much I cringed during the movie. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what teeth is, a girl gets like cursed with something where she has this. It's not a creature, but it's a curse where her vagina has teeth. He has teeth. So she can yeah. have sex, but if she doesn't like the person or something, it will bite. Oh, oh it just made me... Oh, jeez. I've to... never seen it, nor do I ever want to. No, it's not It's not a fun thing for, for people to see. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, so this big spiky thing comes out, and this to me is a top 10 grossest thing in a in a movie and especially because i saw it young yeah but xander's like oh no this isn't good for me and the thing the spike just comes right down through xander's head and then sucks out and you see it move through the spike and just sucks out all the brains and juices and you see his face just shrink and shrink and shrink until there's nothing left yeah and it's like motherfuck and his eyes like curl into the back of his head and yeah done very well once again the cgi was very good in, in this yeah. stuff, I thought. Uh, so now D- Denise Richards is like, shit, this is going to suck for me. Yep. But so the brain bug doesn't even give her a chance to say anything. It's getting ready to go. And, but she pockets that knife and then she slices. Mm-hmm. And so she, it's yeah. coming to like. Yeah, it's coming down. It's coming down yeah. to get her and she just cuts slices it. up. Now, I imagine if that thing is that strong that it can break through a skull. 
that it probably shouldn't be able to be cut by a serrated knife. Well, the pointy end had like a thing on it. So you think it, the rest of it was like thing. a little bit Yeah, the, I think the rest of it was not quite as protected. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. So yeah, she cuts it off. That thing starts squirting blood everywhere. <laughs> oh, God. It wasn't so even gross. blood. It was like pus and pus? shit. Yeah. Oh, it was so oh, gross. God. So, so... <laughs> Still fucking gross. I mean, I'm laughing, but it's it's still fucking gross. And at this moment, the arachnids are going after her like she's going to, you know, now she's going to die uh, because they had taken the spike, you know, taken the claw out of her shoulder. Yeah. But at that moment, here comes Johnny Rico with a the little nuke thing. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you're a smart bug, aren't you? Like, you know what this is. Kabloo. You know, makes the finger motions like blows up. And... <laughs> He's like, you know, he makes he makes her come to him. And now she's pretty much fine. Oh, yeah. By know. the way, she's walking yeah. around just fine. She's not bleeding. She doesn't even have a hole in her uniform. I, I'm going to say adrenaline. Like, I'm just. I'm going to say adrenaline. She's about to die. And she's got. Now she's, and they give her a gun. Yeah, give her ultimately, a big, big ass gun. Yeah, and yeah. she shoots it with yeah. clearly no pain whatsoever, no. even though she has a horrible wound in her shoulder. That is why I'm going to say <laughs> I think adrenaline. I'm just going to go with that. So the three of them hold off a bunch science. of arachnids. Yeah, Science. <laughs> A bunch of arachnids while the brain bug escapes. Yeah. And they do a pretty good job. But of course, because those things are so fucking like they just like reach their claws all the time, no matter what, even if they're going to die, they slice open the front of sugar. Yeah, he gets eviscerated. Yeah, he gets big time and he's like in pain, but he's not dead. Yeah. So what do you think? What's a good soldier do? He's like, give me the nuke. And Rico's like, are you sure? So he's like, give it to me. And yeah. He's like, and Rico's like, are you trying to be a hero? <laughs> and oh, he's like, so- no, I'm just trying to kill some bugs. <laughs> oh, so great. It's great. Yep. So they get everyone to fall back yeah. and he's shooting by himself and he's like talking shit to the bugs all the time. You want some? You want some? <laughs> it's great. I mean, come on. Well, of course you're going to do that. Yeah. So they somehow make it far enough away uh, that the nuke finally goes off, killing Sugar and every, you know, all the bugs around him. And once again, they are totally fine. Totally fine. Luckily, there's a cave in right before the flame gets to right. them. So. And by the way, because that radiation would not no. extend past that wall whatsoever it's the future it's totally fine <laughs> totally fine it's the future they don't have to worry about that <laughs> so everyone they they crawl out of the tunnels they're at the end now and everyone's celebrating and running and they're yeah. like what's going on so they follow and someone had caught the brain bug as it was retreating yeah so everyone's happy they got the bug got the bug carl shows up all these like huge heads of this is the, the most ridiculous moment yes, this was- of the entire movie because you know they would be nowhere near that planet especially with the no. bugs killing everything like there's no way they'd be in the fleet whatever nope. these are like the higher ups higher ups are here and they captured in a big net they capture the brain bug they bring him out and just carl goes right up to him <laughs> doogie hauser goes right up to him because like he's a doctor again y- you've never seen they've never seen a brain bug before so obviously they know that it has no other secret <laughs> yeah, weapons that has no like, other like how do you know the spike is on like right yeah Uh, clearly clearly this makes it's clearly easy to just walk up to this thing and totally safe and then he puts his hand hand on it and it like shivers and he's he's like concentrating real hard (laughs) he's using his psychic powers and he just goes it's afraid (laughs) and everyone cheers it's afraid Every single put their so throwing their hands like it's graduation, and that was funny because also not only was it funny because of that, any intelligent person whatsoever would have been like, "Yeah, that thing's afraid. yeah, that thing's afraid." <laughs> obviously, like I don't understand what the celebration was all about. Like, just, it's the military; they got it. 
They got it. They baby. got Woo! it. And it's afraid. And that's your victory. Right. Like it wasn't like he reached up and he was like, oh, I know all I their. Know what, yeah. I know what we got to do. I no. know all their plans. No. Like no. my big it's, secret is it's afraid. Human dominance <laughs> over a species. That's exactly what it was. Absolutely. It was like, yeah, that's us. America. We're, yeah, America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> That's really what it's like. Yep. Why do all the movies I watch for you, why are they all like ridiculously patriotic and what like to change victory the- over? I am trying to think, yeah, because we've been doing weirdly patriotic movies because we've been doing the purges, Independence <laughs> Day. Uh, I guess Cell wasn't patriotic, but Mighty Ducks 2, holy shit, I'm going to be chanting like up and down America. Like, oh my gosh. Fuck Iceland. Like. <laughs> It's all about oh, the United I like States. Iceland. Well, we like Iceland now because of, of soccer. Right. But in that movie, look, literally, I have not liked Iceland since Mighty Ducks 2 came yeah, out. Yeah, except until for now. until the Euro Cup this yeah, year. Because that it. was awesome. Otherwise, I've always thought... Because I remember... Well, you were there with me. So Mandy and I and a group of people, we put a team together for this special tournament in Liverpool. Yep. And we showed up and we were going to play in this awesome soccer tournament. And we were drinking and... There was also a Team Iceland, yep. and they had all matching kits and, and stuff, and we were like, they're the rich, bad Iceland team. Like this <laughs> Until we met them, and they were like the coolest guys. The nicest guys. people yeah. in the world. Like, it was awesome. They were just huge drinkers. We had so much fun. Yep. Like They were the best part of being there, was meeting those guys. And yeah, that was up until then. <laughs> I had always hated any Iceland thing. So believe me, it'll come back when we do Mighty Ducks 2 because they are the the super bad guys in in that one. But so now everyone's celebrating. And then somehow, even though Carl should be totally protected with how high a rank he is, Carmen and and Rico run up to him Mm and like... Hey, and Rico's first thing to say to him is, Hey, you're the one who told me Carmen was down that tunnel. (laughs) Right, so we're going back to the foreshadowing from forever ago. from all over ago. And also that whenever those three are together, like everything's fine. Everything's fine there. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Friends forever. (laughs) Friends forever. Yeah, and he's like, oh, that's classified. Even if that were true, that's classified. Uh, and then he goes in this whole conversation about how no one will remember. And by the way, the whole reason why that brain bug was captured was because of Rico and yeah. his group. And Carmen and Xander, you know, whatever, yeah. all well, those people. And then you find out who actually captured the bug. It's Sergeant Zim, yeah. the drill instructor from the beginning, yep. who when he was... Like, earlier in the movie, he was like, oh, I want to go on to the front lines. And the guy's like, well, you can't because you're, like, a commanding officer. Now you'd have to be bumped all the way down to private again. And you find out that he did do that. And he captured the brain bug. And he's, like, the hero now. So Rico goes over and they're all, like, buddy-buddy. Yeah. And he salutes him (laughs) and, you know, all that crap. So, yeah. But that's what – and that's what Carl says. Like, this will be the turning point of the war and no one will remember that it was a private named Zim who got it. But what? No one's, you know, Rico's never going to tell the story about how <laughs> they went down the tunnel and Carmen's never going to tell the story about how she cut off the brain bug spike. Yeah. Like no one's going to ask about that. No. Whatever. It's classified. Yeah. So now everyone's still celebrating big propaganda images and stuff to end out the movie. And basically it's Rico's in charge of another group. And he's mm-hmm. like, hey, apes, you want to live forever? And. <laughs> And Carmen's the now the leader of a fleet. And they've they're, got the brain bug yeah. and they're doing all sorts of really gr- sticky, like gruesome sticking stuff, stuff yeah, in it. Like, to figure out things. In actuality, like, I think it's a fitting end to it in yeah. the sense that 
if you didn't get this was a satire, like oh, no, it look to. at this image of like this creature, even as gross as it is, in yep. a laboratory with people just like shoving things into it, yep. like it's horrifying. Oh yeah. Like then they show the new weapons and everything. And yeah. the whole the whole point or the whole end too, this is how they end the movie, is they do the propaganda, they show all these people signing up and killing bugs and all this great stuff and then it goes they'll fight and they're gonna win like that's the end of the movie yeah like how can people not see that as a satire I know. like it's so well done so i am i'm a big fan of this and i'm glad you got to read the book because it was very interesting now they didn't end on such a high note on the book no well one of the things that happens in the book that did not happen in the movie, obviously, because he was dead, is that like halfway through the book, he finds out that his dad joined up. Oh, yeah. He becomes like his yeah superior so officer, right? What so happens wh- is, is like after the initial like he joined and I'm never going to speak to him again, like halfway through the book, he finds out that his dad did join and his dad's like, yeah, I was angry at you because i was jealous of you and uh, i like wanted to do this or whatever so then he yeah, that's completely different. like goes up through the ranks and then ultimately at the end because at one point also in the book like rico goes to officer school because like, oh, okay. he has to do that to get the next rank which is actually oh, no, how on, you, you would do- <laughs> no come on the person just dies ahead of you and right. you were and cool you enough just- to blow a beetle's back off and put a grenade in like, so it's fine yeah, yeah. and so- then you know carl at one point, he goes to school and he has to do all this training to be like a lieutenant or whatever. So then he finally goes back to his old ship and it's Rico's Roughnecks and his dad's like the Rico's sergeant. Roughnecks. And it's his dad is like his second in command oh, and they're like going weird. out to war and that's it. And everybody else is dead. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Every, everybody else is dead. Carl, Wait, was there ace, an ace? ace there is dead? an ace. What? He died? Yeah, he dies. Son of a bitch. When did he die? Way back. Oh, I don't like that. All right, I'm glad the movie. Dizzy, Dizzy Flores, the male is yeah. dead. There's no heart to heart. I got to have you. No, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Although Dizzy Flores does die like that. Hopefully being a hero, right? No. Oh, they geez. go back and like he gets wounded and they go back to get him and they do get him and then he dies on the way back uh, up to the ship. Well, that's similar at least to, you know, that's yeah. something similar. All right. Well, that's I mean, that's not terrible, but I like yeah. the movie. I like the movie because Ace lives in <laughs> It's if you could choose a person that you wouldn't think would make it in the movie, right. Ace would well, be that guy. Well, there's also like there's also like 20 other characters that get introduced and then die. Oh, sure. Like, and we didn't even go through some of the characters. We just like right. Kitten. Kitten was a big guy in the Kitten, movie, and then he just dies, yeah. Well, so, Kitten yeah. in the books dies in basic training, so oh. at boot camp. So okay. there's like there's way more characters that get introduced and then die, and introduced and then die. Like it's a revolving door of characters ace is one that sticks around a little yeah. bit but he did not go through boot camp with him oh, okay. he meets him later but he's not as cool as jake Busey. i got you yeah. yeah so that's how it ends in the book is okay. he's carmen is the only one that's also still alive yeah. theoretically she's out somewhere yeah, piloting you said ship. carl died as well so yeah, carl died okay. like and no psychic powers and no brain bug no what the fuck? there is yeah i don't know i got you well let me ask you this then yeah. so would you recommend this movie to people yes would you recommend the book to people yes and you like the book better i it's just hard to watch to read it and then watch watch, the movie i feel like if i had done it the other way i probably would have had a somewhat a similar reaction to the book and being like this is not how this happens right like yeah sure but i do think that the 
that the book is it makes you think a lot more oh, like well, it's sure it's much more clearly a satire yes. and there's a it's a lot and some more... people don't get that either right and that's a weird debate and that's why we didn't really get into that that much because yeah. i didn't get to read the book so you're saying it's more of a satire because people take it very much like the book is pro-military and pro-fascism well, I take it as a satire because... Well, I mean, that's what's great about... Bo well, I mean, people have different perspective on movies. I too, mean, so. if you were pro-fascism and you read that book, you'd be like, yeah, this is why uh, it's great. Sure, sure. If you were anti-fascism, you'd read it and be like, yeah, this is why and, fascism is right. bad, right? And sometimes that's a great way to have things. <laughs> you I know? Mean, for people to read things that way, so... But it's right. what I enjoyed about the book was the psychological portion yes. of it, of how Rico changes over time. Which you don't get whatsoever because right. Rico never changes in this movie. Exactly. Like, at all. He's the same person. Yeah. I guess he just technically realizes that he did it for other reasons than the girl. I yeah. guess, sort of. I guess. But, but he never then, says well, he, it. He understands the whole, his whole transformation is at the beginning, he doesn't understand the difference between a citizen. Well, he knows what the words mean. Right. But he doesn't know what the feeling is to be uh, a citizen compared to a civilian. Right. In the movie, that's his main thing is he does understand what it is. And now that's why he's glad he's doing what he's doing. But you don't really get too much into that. No. Like you get it from like sort of conjecture yeah. and by his speech he says it at, at Dizzy's yeah, funeral. Right. But like other than that, like in the book is much more the psychological journey he takes from being a student to being right. a boot camp to being in the field to then being a leadership sure. role and the responsibility and like how hard that is and and that that sounds similar at least a little bit to ender's game okay uh so the book obviously goes into a whole ton more even though the book is short goes into so much more than the movie did the movie is an abomination yeah. compared to the book and that's what's so sad is i don't know why they can't like with a psychological thing I guess I understand a little bit, but look at a movie like Full Metal Jacket. You can't tell me that for that first half of the movie where they're at boot camp, that that's not psychological. Right. Like, why can't they do that with different movies and just then follow along? Like, I'm not saying Starship Troopers, they wanted to make the movie like this and then bought the rights to the book. Right. So they weren't really trying to make the book into the movie, yeah. especially since Verhoeven didn't like the book he really didn't care i know, you know that which actually bothers me quite a bit it like <laughs> now it does and no that bothers me quite a bit in the sense that then just make the bug bug attack movie whatever it's yeah called, bug uh, hunt bug just outpost make... of planet nine or whatever the fuck <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, right just make that movie like don't well, i think that's take... a great band name i think someone should have that <laughs> bug hunt at outpost nine yeah i got it what is it or, I got bug it right. hunt at outpost nine bug hunt at outpost nine yeah i wanted to say something <laughs> different yes exactly but then just make that movie right and make that like ridiculously like propaganda and pro like whatever all that so maybe stuff. i guess he wasn't even planning on that he just he did it because he didn't like the book so he said let me make fun of this book and make it a satire because i don't think the movie was supposed to be a satire originally the bug outpost at number nine was not supposed to be a satire he didn't like the book so he made this movie a satire i don't know that's kind of what i read into it when I was reading like reviews and shit. I think he wanted to make an anti-military movie anyways. Based really? on his experiences in He could have done that some World other War way. Two, he was just going to make 
Hmm. He was just going to use bugs. Interesting. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, we'd have to ask this. Well, yeah. We'd have to ask well, him what his process Surprise. <laughs> director Verhoeven has decided to be on Ian Hayes' movies. This is great. So, director? No. That is one thing. We have not done actual guests on this. I don't think that's the music one. Yes. Yeah. But not. I hear you. And maybe, so. I'll have to read, maybe I'll have to read the book as well. And then I can get another because I just this book, this movie was very funny yeah. to me. Like that's that's the main thing is I did get the satire now at whatever age I was like at So 20 years ago, if I was like eight or something like that, whatever it happens to be, I wasn't getting that satire. Yeah. I mean, I knew the propaganda films were funny because you're looking at kids fighting over weapons and you're like, that's not a good thing. Yeah. Like, that's not, you know, they're handing out bullets and the kids are grabbing for it. It's like, that's not good. But as a kid, I didn't really get that stuff until it was explained to me. And then watching it throughout the years, this movie holds up, I would say at least as well. And it is one of those movies where it has lasting appeal because people didn't understand what it was trying to say before. Yeah. So that's what I would say for that. I mean, I, I enjoyed the movie. I mean, I would say I would recommend this movie Mm -hmm. at the same time. There were definitely parts about it that I, that were like super cheesy or like the acting would just be so terrible. And I think that was on purpose. I, it just, it took away from it at some point. Oh, okay. At some points, like see, I like that when they're trying to do that on purpose. If it's done on purpose, I love it. Yeah. If it's by mistake, I hate it. I mean, I think so, uh, what I think is the challenge for me is I feel like some of it's on purpose and some of it's oh okay. not on purpose. You know, like sure. it's probably a mixture of things. But I so I would that. recommend it. It's not my favorite movie. <laughs> it's also it. again, I don't think it hit me at the right time. Right, like sure. if I watch this. Back in the Back day in the, and right. was a teenage boy, I probably would <laughs> <laughs> love it a lot more than I do. Sure. And I, of course, I would recommend it to people. I do think, though, that this is a movie that holds up. And I think if I saw it today, I would still think highly of it. I'm not saying this is a fair. I don't own this movie. I had yeah. to rent it to, to watch <laughs> it just to make sure. Because, of course, like even with Mighty Ducks 2, I've seen that a million times. But I'm still I'm buying it so that I'll be able to watch it multiple times before I review it because yeah. that's what we do. We're not just going off the top of our heads. We're making sure we know what we're talking about. So, but I would say for anyone who hasn't seen Starship Troopers, I think you should really see it. Yeah, that would be my suggestion with this one. But but ooh, just don't I, go into it thinking it is what it is at face value. No, I would say like very. This is much so this is not fast and furious seven right this has a deeper meaning to it i was actually like (laughs) i was flipping through hbo recently and i guess fast seven or furious seven whatever the fuck they call it the last one vin diesel and the dead one are driving in the car Mm -hmm. and they're in this fancy car where the fucking door is open to the top and i guess guys are like yeah that's cool and they're driving in a skyscraper in like India, in like one of the tallest skyscrapers. And I don't know, they're trying to get something out of the car, but they decide to then jump into the next skyscraper with the car. So that's what they do. And then they bust into an art gallery and they're just, the car is destroying all the works of art. They get what they need out of the car. The doors fly off. They both jump out. The car falls all the way and they showed it in slow motion for like four minutes i couldn't watch anymore i had to turn i was like this is shit this is garbage like why would anyone watch this shit because of the explosion because the car is gonna fall like wow that's amazing i i just don't that's the kind of thing i don't get so starship troopers is not that movie it pretends to be that movie it depends it pretends to be that action movie big guns and people running at big creatures and 
America. You know, that's what it's pretending to be, but that is not what it is. So there is a deeper meaning. Next week is going to be Mighty Ducks 2, where we're going to talk about (laughs) Mighty Ducks and Mighty Ducks 3, but it's going to be focused on Mighty Ducks 2. And then the week after is going to be Sandlot and Sandlot 2 and Sandlot 3, but just focus on Sandlot 1 as much. I consider those summer movies. Mm -hmm. So since Kelly will be traveling, I believe she's going to Comic-Con. And I think she's going to Japan. Nice. So while she's, yeah, while she's doing that, uh, we figured why not just, you know, switch it up a little bit. And then by that time, it'll be Suicide Squad time. So, uh, Mandy, anything else you want to say about this uh, book or movie? No, I mean, I'd say definitely worth a watch. And, you know, if you like sci-fi, if you like that type of thing, I would definitely recommend the book. And anything by Heinlein. I haven't read anything by him I didn't like. Oh, so. very nice. Okay. Nope, that works out fine. That's what I would say. So I will do the... I'll do the plugs now. <laughs> so thank you all for listening. I did not welcome anyone besides at the beginning. I didn't say new people and old people. Thank you. But thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you can, please take the time. It is very important. If you can go to iTunes and subscribe rate and share you can also do that with stitcher and google play music but it's really not the same itunes is the big one uh you have no idea how much it helps the show if you do that please subscribe rate share also you can listen to any of the backlogged episodes not only on itunes google play stitcher and all the rest but you can also stream them and download them from the website www.ianhates.com you can also listen to my music podcast ian hates music you can find it all the same ways if you like that kind of stuff if you like screamo and hardcore and post hardcore music all over the place but i do band interviews there as well have a great interview coming up uh this week after this show gets released it's with lauren babick of red-handed denial a lot of fun and i just released last week my interview with sean from alisana and revival recordings which people seem to love so if you haven't got a chance to listen to that that's up as well but the interview with lauren is really great her band is awesome uh great music uh i'm really happy to have her on the show so check that out and you can find ian hates movies and ian hates music on all the same places that i just recommended uh please like i said subscribe rate and share it really does help out the show and ian hates love will be premiering soon i just have to take care of a few things and then i'll be all ready so i believe that's oh I almost forgot. If you would like to interact with Ian Hates Music or Ian Hates Movies, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ian Hates Podcast. So Twitter's at Ian Hates Podcast. Instagram should just be Ian Hates Podcast. And then on Facebook, it's www.facebook.com slash Ian Hates. Get our likes up. They started to jump up a little bit more. I know there are way more people listening to the shows because i can tell i can read the rss feed so i know there are way more people that are listening that haven't liked the page so if you can that's where all the updates come so it's nice that's where i put all the promotion up as well so like the facebook page if you can i know i'm asking for a lot but it does help the show to be able to kind of keep track of that stuff so i appreciate that mandy thank you very very much for coming on the show uh, this was awesome. I know Kelly had to back out last minute for this one uh, for travel and everything. So hopefully she's good. Don't worry. Kelly did not leave. This is not a Ian Hayes music situation <laughs> where the co-host quit the day of the show. Uh, and then she will be traveling for the next two weeks. Tristan, I believe, will be coming on the show. And we'll see if we work out some special stuff with that as well. And then we should be back with Suicide Squad. That's the hope. But uh, And when I say we're going to be back, I mean like Kelly 
these are going to be all new episodes of Ian Hates Movies the entire time. Uh, so I think I'm all set there. Mandy, any final words for everybody? The only good bug is a dead bug. Well done. And I will leave you guys the way I always do. Long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.